It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And twas the week before Christmas, and all through the town, all the hillbillies were grumbling, because there's snow on the ground. Hi! It's Moran Monday here at the Horn. It is the 18th day of December 2023. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza. That is the Horn Chat Room in the three hours in which this program is live, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. And if, in fact, you're listening to the podcast, please like and subscribe to every episode. Well, I mean, like every episode, subscribe to a couple of platforms, leave a comment here and there uh, so that folks can see that you take uh, pleasure in the three hours that you share engaging in this long-running conversation. It's really helpful. Thank you. Hi, I'm Robin. <laughs> Did I do that yet? It's the beginning of the broadcast week. Ah! And just a quick reminder, uh, this being the week before Christmas, uh, my friend, colleague, pal, and uh, uh, partner in progressive broadcasting, Tara Devlin, of Tara Buster and I will be getting together this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to fill in for Mike Malloy so he can get some away time to go and visit family and uh, Miss Molly's home. And they're just going to have a have a lovely little Christmas together. And uh, so I'll be uh, Tara and I will be covering those uh, those three days. So uh, it'll be she and. I around the Molloy campfire again Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So t- not twice as much, but extra, uh, an extra Robin and an extra Tara. Right. So every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. Thanks going out to our 18th, 17th, and 16th day of the month subscribers. Thank you to our pal Joy in Ann Arbor, and thank you to Grace, 
Thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. Thank you so much to uh, uh, Gary, labor man out in New Mexico. And thank you to Reinhardt in the Virginia coast. Thank you to Mark. Thank you to Zed in Iowa. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program and helping to keep this little experiment in independent, liberal, progressive broadcasting on the air. So the fundraising goal at this point is twelve fifty. 12.50 to get all the way caught up to where we are today. So that's today, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, and $50 worth of Tuesday. Thanks so much for helping out. Brutal time of year. Went and got me some propane over the weekend because I think we're going to be needing it. I, uh, The little piece of doggerel that began the program had an element of truth to it. It is snowing here, and we've got snow on the ground. A winter weather advisory is out. Uh, we'll be getting down to 20 this evening, hence the laying on of extra propane. So anyway, if we can um, if we can knock out, oh, I don't know, Tuesday, Wednesday, then there are bills awaiting to be paid. And uh, the more I, the more I pay, the better I feel, because um, it keeps them off the keeps the lupine pest off the porch. PayPal buttons over at HeadOn.Live. So too is the mailing address went under the contribute tab and the. Uh, uh, Patreon button. Thank you to our pal uh, uh, just a second. Uh, uh, Terrace, thank you Terrace for changing your uh, subscription at Patreon. Thank you. Much appreciated. And so uh, like I said, it is more in Monday and we have, oh dear me more ends. Propane, yep, mm-hmm, says Emilio. I know where that's coming from. Bloody weekend, fascist weekend. It seems that uh, that area of the Levant, wherein what we are told was the Christmas story, uh, played out is getting more and more true to its original story setting. Mm -hmm. Central to the Christmas story is the murder of the innocents, as said to have been ordered by Herod. Now, of course, there is nothing to indicate that there's a word of truth in that story. But damn. On Friday, we talked about 
the IDF blowing away three hostages who were freed. The details got even worse. Cynthia with a note earlier today. The three young Israeli hostages murdered by the IDF. If those three hostages couldn't safely surrender to the IDF and be rescued instead of being shot and killed, what chance would a Palestinian have? Clearly none, as it looks to me that the IDF is not taking any prisoners. They're just killing to kill. It's sickening. Yeah, the three, uh, three young men, boys, basically, uh, were waving a, re- a white flag. They had messages, big messages painted in food on their chests. And the IDF killed them deader than Pharaoh's cat. Feels like a killing frenzy over there. Like I said, it's taking on aspects of the original Christmas story. Um, Then there's something that uh, an Israeli mayor said. Uh, Metula is a town in Israel. They have a mayor by the name of David Azulai, and as reported by the Times of Israel, he gave, I'm sorry, Israel, he gave a radio interview yesterday, Sunday, See how this sounds. Trigger warning, content warning. Dear me. I mean, this is terrifying. Matula Mayor David Azalai said the whole Gaza Strip needs to be empty, flattened, just like in Auschwitz. Let it be a museum for all the world to see what Israel can do. Let no one reside in the Gaza Strip for all the world to see because October 7th was, in a way, a second holocaust. That there is what you call a genocidal impulse. That there is what you call a call for genocide. I wonder if uh, Madge and and Elsie uh, uh, Stupidnik will call a congressional hearing to decry the call for a Palestinian genocide by the mayor of a town in Israel. It, well, uh, Having been name-checked, the Auschwitz-Birkenau State Museum in Oswiecim, Poland, went to social media and said, David Azulai appears to wish to use the symbol of the largest cemetery in the world as some sort of sick, hateful, pseudo-artistic, symbolic expression. 
calling for acts that seem to transgress any civil, wartime, moral, and human laws that may sound as a call for murder of the scale akin to Auschwitz puts the whole honest world face-to-face with a madness that must be confronted and firmly rejected. We do hope that Israeli authorities will react to such a shameful abuse as terrorism can never be be a response to terrorism. Too late! Now, this is after, in the previous month, having issued a statement supporting uh, Israel's war against the people of Gaza. Um, Palestinian and United Nations officials are now saying that uh, more than 70,000 people have been killed, maimed, or left missing, and that the majority of them are women and children. It's a slaughter, plain and simple. And they are so hungry, so thirsty for blood, they're wasting their own hostages that they say they're waging this war to save. And those three are probably not the only ones. And see, the mayor of uh, uh, the mayor of Matula is by far not alone. Uh, the lead psychopath, Bibi Netanyahu, uh, made reference to the uh, Amaleks in the Old Testament, the is uh, the the uh, enemy of the Hebrew people that God told to commit a genocide against. Then there's the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog, who has said there is not a soul in Gaza who is an innocent civilian. And the defense minister, Yoav Gallant, said that uh, Israel would eliminate everything there. Not everyone, everything because Palestinians are things. And then also last month, the agriculture minister in Israel, Avi Dichter, said, we are now rolling out the great Nakba. The Nakba being the death march and massacres against 750,000 Palestinian Arabs 75 years ago. In the Knesset, the Israeli parliament, they're howling to wipe Gaza off the map. Other members of the Knesset have called for Gaza to simply be nuked, while others have said, burn it to the ground. And it's not that far different from what people like Nimrod Haley have said here in the United States urging genocide. And it's so bad now. Um, It's so bad 
that Israel, which had the support of most of the world for what Hamas did on October the 7th, is now being exposed as having the same bloodthirsty impulses that Hamas did. Which is really not all that surprising when you think about it. But what the uh, Auschwitz board said, terrorism can never be a response to terrorism. Uh, It's a nice sentiment, but here we are. Closer to home, however, no room at the inn takes on its own meaning. All these Christian maggots, all these Christian Republicans behaving in a most decidedly unchristian fashion. Today, uh, Greg Aspot in Texas, the governor, signed a bill into law that makes entering Texas illegally a state crime because Texas wants to supersede federal law regarding immigration. I don't know if Texas can do that. Border policy and border control is exclusively within the domain of the federal government. But but, uh, SB4 says that local law enforcement now has, has the power to arrest migrants and that County judges can issue orders to remove them to Mexico. I'm really quite certain they don't have the power to do that constitutionally. Not that I would expect our most puissant, dread sovereign, supreme Catholic majesties to understand that. These laws have... A powerful and pernicious impact. Remember, 40% of the entire population of Texas uh, is Hispanic. Civil rights organizations have lined up to uh, to 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 uh, condemn this hateful legislation. The way, uh, as it is written, it goes into effect this March. And members of the House of Representatives, Democrats, have said, yeah, this is an overreach of federal powers Um, there's a lot of show me your papers there in Saudi Arabia and Arizona stand the ACLU is expected to sue Um, uh, Krish O'Mara 
Vigna Raja, president and CEO of Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service, said that the law is an assault on the dignity and safety of asylum seekers. By criminalizing the very act of seeking refuge, Texas is turning its back on the values of compassion and due process that make our nation the world's beacon of humanitarian leadership. Even some county executives in Texas have written to President Biden saying, stop this law. There are county executives in El Paso, Harris County, where Houston is, and Travis County, where Austin is. And those three counties make up about 25% of the entire state's population. In their letter, they said, uh, We urge you to intervene to stop this legislation from going into effect and to prevent Texas Governor Greg Abbott from violating the U.S. Constitution. Of course, you know, for for a bunch of Christians, they certainly don't seem to understand that whole poor family on the road, poor brown family. Because first of all, maggot Christians see the baby Jesus in the manger there as a Precious little newborn baby white boy. Which, of course, he wasn't. He was, to use the term, swarthy, brown, probably with black curly hair. Also, probably not particularly tall. Just based on the uh, physical properties of people at the time. But as ever, in maggot world, the cruelty is the point. Of course. And uh, just to get us started this evening, and thank you, Thank you, Ralphs. Uh, $25 challenge. In other words, Ralphs will meet the first $25 that come in and turn it into 50 getting us down to 1200 to go. Uh, for time to stop ignoring the Nazi elephant in the room, Democratic Underground... Trump wants to be a new Hitler, and the Republican Party is egging him on. The mask is off to the extent that there ever was one. The mask is off. And he is who he is. This particular graphic shows Adolf Hitler standing behind a podium with his right fist raised in the air beside a photograph of Tangerine Tiberius with his right fist raised in the air. In Mein Kampf, Hitler wrote, All great cultures of the past perished only because the originally creative race died out from blood poisoning. 
And then Saturday at a Clavern rally, Geezer Disgustus declared, They're poisoning the blood of our country. They're coming into our country from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. All over the world. Kind of ruined that song from uh, the kitschy, old, campy old movie uh, Xanadu. ELO and Olivia Newton-John all over the world. Uh, The graphic also notes that the same rally Trump praised Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, and Xi Jinping at a separate rally the same weekend. He boasted about being indicted more times than Al Capone, whom he called the great, great head of the mafia. And then along came Miss Lindsay to say, well, I could care less what language people use as long as we get it right. That was in regards to being asked about poisoning the blood. So thank you, Ralphs. Thank you very kindly. God, I hope I, I hope I hope the Biden re-election team is out there, or the Lincoln Project, or Midas Touch. Somebody is out there just making a series of ads that will show this monster for the fascist that he is. I confess I'm still kind of shocked, I guess, to uh, see that mainstream outlets are finally, they've quit, they've quit tap dancing around, and they're using the word fascist freely and accurately. Just hope it's not too damn late. So let's get right to it. At a rally in New Hampshire on Saturday, Donald Trump once again used the language of 20th century authoritarians while separately praising this country's strongmen. He also repeatedly referred to the people convicted of attacking the Capitol on January 6th as hostages. And again, said immigrants are, quote, poisoning the blood of our country. Take a listen. We're like a rocket ship. It was like a rocket ship sent by Kim Jong-un. Just like that. Who is very nice, I will tell you. He's not uh, so fond of this administration, but he's fond of me. And we had a very good relationship. Vladimir Putin. Of Russia says that Biden's, and this is a quote, politically motivated persecution of his political rival is very good for Russia because it shows the rottenness of the American political system. Viktor Orban. The highly respected prime minister of Hungary said, Trump is the man who can save the Western world. Can you imagine President Xi of China, powerful kind of a guy? They hate when I say that. Oh, you're saying nice things now. He controls 1.4 billion people rather ruthlessly, right? I will direct a completely overhauled DOJ to investigate every radical, out-of-control, fake, crooked prosecutor in America for their illegal, racist, in reverse enforcement of the law. If you remember, in Minnesota, Minneapolis, where they took over the police station, they took it over and they burned it down. By the way, what happened to those people? Are those people in jail with the J with the J6 hostages? What happened to those people, come to think of it? They're not in jail with the J6 hostages. I don't call them prisoners. I call them hostages. They're hostages. We got a lot of work to do. You know, when they let 
I think the real number is 15, 16 million people into our country when they do that. We got a lot of work to do. They're poisoning the blood of our country. The crime is going to be tremendous. The terrorism is going to be terrorism is going to be. And we built a tremendous piece of the wall and then we're going to build more. And uh... all right. Once again, I misspoke. It's the centuries strong man that he was talking about. Right. Um, but again, why? Why do we show this? I, we always get that question. Why do you give him attention? Actually, that's OK, Mika. I get it, too. Cannot be normalized. And he is the Republican frontrunner. He is so far the Republican's choice. Yeah. Well, not only it, it, it's getting more explicit, it's getting worse. Uh, I am still shocked by the clowns uh, who claim to be media critics out there. Uh, it's absolute clowns that that attack the media for reporting this. And and so I say you just don't get it. You don't understand his connection with the audience. You just have to understand that you're actually helping him by focusing on, you know, saying he's fascist. John Meacham, uh, this is this is very this is very straightforward. I, I just I writing yeah. it down. He, he calls the the worst tyrant on the planet the most cruel a tyrant. Uh, Kim Jong Un. He says he's very nice. Uh, that Biden doesn't have a good relationship with him, but he does. Most presidents would take uh, take great, great uh, uh, honor in in not having a good relationship with that thug. Uh, and then Vladimir Putin, and this is the one that really sticks with me, is mm -hmm. Donald Trump's always talking about how horrible America is, how terrible America is uh, when when he's not in office. He did it before. He's doing it after. Uh, and and he quotes Vladimir Putin uh, approvingly, uh, to talk about how rotten American democracy is. He quotes President Xi, uh, says uh, that he's uh, rather ruthless uh, and, and praises him and points to the media and says they don't like it when I praise him. And then goes on and praises him for being a guy that, that, that's, that's got concentration camps with millions of people in it, says rather ruthless. Talks about the January 6th hostages. Uh, we're talking about people who beat the hell out of cops. Uh, and then, of course, goes back to uh, echoes of Adolf Hitler, uh, talking about poisoning of the blood of, of, of this country. Uh, it's getting more explicit. And the fact that fools that are covering the horse race would somehow attack writers, journalists for, re for recording this, and putting it to the readers without an explanation. Oh, but he also is talking about economics that they related to. Uh, seems to somehow uh, uh, yeah. talk about, uh, miss the much bigger point that we're in the fight uh, for, for American democracy. And he's becoming more and more explicit on how he wants to take American democracy down. We will never be able to say we were not warned. Right. Right. There, so we can right. move that off the table. There was not there's no surprise attack here. Uh, this is explicit. It's clear. Just listen. And you're right. People who I don't know if I can't I never can remember the phrase or I don't know if we're wedding beds or uh, being hysterical or, or what it is. But words matter. Rhetoric. The root of the word rhetoric is action. And if you don't think this is serious, I don't think you're even remotely paying attention. And I think one of the problems with the current era 
is that too many of us, and I've, I've been one too, so this is a sinner, not a saint talking, uh, just to say the least, is many of us have applied conventional rules of gravity, conventional rules of analysis, conventional rules of politics to what is an unconventional force. That is, it doesn't matter anymore whether Joe Biden had a good week or a bad week. It doesn't matter if the White House staff is arguing about X or Y. That's an analog way of envisioning and understanding our politics in what is uh, an unfolding disaster. And I don't think it's, it's, it's in, in fact, it's not simple, but to use your word, it is straightforward. And my final view of this is, we're on trial here. The American people are on trial here. And to the 15, 20% of Republicans who do know better, I'm, I'm guessing, but who for various reasons cannot bring themselves to ending this, uh, to voting against uh, this fascistic force, I would just say you're a lot richer today than you were seven days ago. And you know I'm right. You, you, you all have, you know, we, we've made some money here. This is not a disastrous era. You know, there, there's not, you know, economic carnage in the streets for these elites. And yet these elites are making this possible. And I think that insofar as those folks can be reached, please, please, please listen to what your putative nominee is saying. John, um, this is this is a moment where, at least, we have Donald Trump quoting Vladimir Putin. We have him praising Xi, Kim Jong-un, Orban. We have him referring to January 6th convicts as hostages. And we have him using language uh, that evokes uh, what Adolf Hitler used to say. Those in the White House have said to me, they've made a compelling case in recent months, the Biden White House that they feel like Americans are not paying attention right now, that it's too early, we're still almost a year from the election, uh, that next spring, uh, you know, after the Republican primaries, which are not competitive, are over, and Americans start actually listening to Donald Trump. As we move into the summer, we move into next fall, it's a general election between Biden and Trump. And when Americans start paying attention again, they will hear this from Trump and reject it. They will say, we can't go down that path again. We can't go down that path again. My question, though, is, as Trump seems... His poll numbers are only going up, both in the Republican primary and now, in general, general election survey after general election survey, he's ahead of Biden in most measures. And the journal, Wall Street Journal, just now, moments ago, says Americans feel better about his policies than they do Biden's. My question is, are we sure Americans are going to care? I think I have a better question. Are we sure that a significant portion of the American electorate are not themselves fascists? Or at least fascist-leaning or fascist-adjacent? I'm convinced that part of the massive conniption over DEI and CRT cathode ray tube? No, stop it is 
because racist Americans feel called out. And they don't like it. Because generally speaking, we are not at a place yet where just being fascist is okay, just being racist is okay. You know, that's why the little Nazis hide their faces and the little... And the little uh, Boogaloo Incel Tactical Command Headquarters Executive Staff put masks on. It's why Klansmen wear fucking hoods. Oh, there's the first F-bomb of the evening, I think. They like the fact that Nitwit Nero normalizes their racism and their hate. They don't like that it's not okay with millions and tens of millions of Americans... For them to be that way. And in fact, if you ask them, you know, you ask one of these men, well, you're kind of racist, aren't you? I mean, you support Trump. No, a racist bone in my body. I ain't got nothing against them people. I just need to know their place and not be so damn loud and quit shoving it down our throats and having it in our faces. I just want to make Mark great again. But when the door closes... And Emery looks at Marveline, and Marveline looks at Emery, and they lounge back into their matching barca loungers in their single wide at the Ballerina Swan Lake and uh, Country Club and Trailer Court. Emery will sigh and go, Damn word. Actually, there's several words. Words for epithets for. Uh, black folk, epithets for Hispanic folk, epithets for Asian folk, epithets for uh, South Asian folks, epithets for gay folks, epithets for lesbians, epithets for trans people. And they know them all, make no mistake, they know them all. So I get what Jonathan Lemire was 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 trying to say. You know, are they going to care? I think I think any of us who are in marginalized communities are going to care, and we're going to vote. And don't take me the wrong way saying this. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote here in West Virginia, and it is not going to matter a hill of beans. It is. It's for the rest of the country to solve, not us. We no, we will vote, but we are vastly outnumbered in a state like this, and it's not just West Virginia. It's uh, Alabama, Missouri, Stan. You know, y'all got a chance in Missouri. You can send Josh Hall and ass packing. Will you? Don't know. I don't know. But Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, 
that's where the race will be decided. And so it's people there that you have to ask about how how many fascists are there in Nevada? How many in Arizona? So there we are. Well, let's at least finish the clip. I don't think so. I think that you're going to have a week before the election, maybe 50 million low information voters voting on how they feel the economy is doing right then that week in October 2024. I think that you see the extremism of American politics right now. You see the radicalization of so many of Donald Trump's supporters who are fine with his most extreme statements. They're fine with imprisoning journalists they disagree with. They're fine with, you know, they think that the political opposition is the enemy. So many Americans believe that now, on the left and on the right. Uh, When we become enemies and there's not any common ground worth finding with the other side whatsoever, how do you have a functioning democracy? I think that that is going to be uh, the real test of the Democratic Party to really say to people, is this who you are? When he stands up there and explicitly embraces dictators and strong-armed people and, and has them commenting, he quotes them commenting on an American election, if you vote for that, then you're all right with that. I think that's what the Democrats have to say. When he talks about how people from non-white countries in Central America and Africa, he names them, says that uh, they are poisoning the blood of the country, which is as racist as you could get. I mean, what do he has to? What does he have to do? Put on a Klan robe for us to understand that's racist? So, and you're talking about young blacks, you'll vote for that. That's what you think of yourself. Dadgummit, Al Sharpton, you missed a golden opportunity. What does he have to do, put on a Klan robe? Yeah, because he's probably got his daddies in the closet yet. That's one that we really have failed to exploit over time. Because he is a soak. S-O-A-K. Son of a Klansman. But then again... And I don't know how many Americans it is. There are probably millions of Americans who are like, well, yeah, I reckon. I mean, who, uh, yeah, but he ain't a Klansman. I mean, it was his daddy. His daddy raised him. His daddy was the person whose approval he sought, hungered for yearned for. But again, they're getting it right. I praise people when they get it right. And they are on the set of our our, uh, MSNBC Morning Zoo crew. And people are going to have to start saying fascist a lot more often and a lot more loudly. Don't want to be referred to as a fascist? Don't do fascist things. 
is that you're poisoning the blood of America. I think it's not about Biden. It's about who you are as a voter. Are you co-signing this kind of politics? And, and John Meek, I think that this is what the uh, real test for the Democrats are, is to not make it about them. Have everyone put a mirror in front of them and say, is this who I am? Am I a racist? And am I one that believes in fascism? It really is that simple, isn't it? It really was. Note coming in from Scary Jerry. I'm taunting you. Love you, Robin. Love you, Jerry. I've elected you, tender of the bullshit. I'm in a bubble that's full of millionaires and billionaires, and the air temp is about 70. I spent most of the day in Miami Dolphin spaces, uh, self-filating with fellow Finn fans. Fuck Dallas. Go, uh, uh, go Santa. I almost got into a fight today because I got into a political discussion with a MAGA light in beautiful Marathon, forgetting where I was. Marathon and Big Pine are MAGA country. No flags, just police, just a smidge of the racism. The flow of the show follows me here. If you're taking notice, I'm lingering in America's Casablanca. If it all goes sideways, I'm close to my family's ancestral home, Jamaica. I've spent November and most of December killing off Scary Jerry. It was starting to scare me. WAV is part of the name my mom gave me. It fits my location. Also, when I started to listen to your show 2015... 2015, I was in the midst of a traumatic brain injury, a bad experimental research stim addiction, and... A failing relationship. I saw a butterfly today experiencing a natural death. It had its moment in the sun and its wings were slowly pulsing. It had transformed. You've transformed and I'm transforming. Conscious, clarity, reason, awareness have returned. As the girl in the chicken ad said, And you helped! Through is all. You were and are home. Signed, Wav. Yes, if the world goes to shit, I'll be in Key West. Oh, God, the photos. Is that how you wish to be referred to now? Wav? Wave? You tell me. We try to honor things like that. You've just been scary, Jerry, for so long. Oh, wait, I'm doing the same thing people have done. Never mind. Um... Note coming in from uh, uh, Cynthia. Uh, vermin and proud of it. I love the idea of poisoning MAGA blood with mine. Trump is utterly sickening. He's the real one poisoning our country. Yes, yes. Um, John in Central PA says, The signs that Trump has autocratic tendencies have always been quite clear. Trump is never going to stop until he's in jail or 86th. There are no rules in his world. He will do everything he says he is going to do. And they mentioned Biden's poll numbers. I think that's because he's giving Netanyahu a green light to commit war crimes. People were fine with Biden until October 7th. I think that's part of it, John. He has taken a political hit for uh, for being, and now there he's and uh, for being, you know, totally a, a total Netanyahu tanky, uh, if you want to get down to it. I don't think he actually is. He'd been making Netanyahu something less than comfortable for a while. 
but it certainly looks that way to the casual observer. Now, the United States is continuing to call for not a ceasefire, but another phase of whatever this... Well, I mean, we know what it is, don't we? This is the genocide it's okay to talk about wanting. This is the genocide that Elise Stupidnik approves of. But their willingness to do anything, even even to the point of, you know, the, the, the whole send more bombs, send more guns to Israel stuff, is at a standstill in the house. They give lip service to their genocidal impulses. But by the same token, if it's if help for Israel is going to be tied to help for Ukraine, which needs it far worse, and funding to do something about the southern border, then these allegedly pro-Israel maggots will let it all hang fire and let the and let and let the fascist flames blaze on and I have no problem saying that there's a fascist element in the, in the Israeli government too hell there may not be anywhere in the country where there's not a fascist element trying to rise up we've seen it in the Netherlands, in Germany in Scandinavia in Italy, in Spain. And of course we use the word communist to describe people like Kim Jong-un and uh, Mullah Dickface in Iran. Well, we don't use communism with Iran. But in China. China's no more con- no, China's no more a communist country than the United States is. But authoritarians are authoritarians are authoritarians, and fascism is fascism is fascism is fascism. Mussolini said fascism fascism was most properly and accurately described, defined, as a marriage between the powers of the state and the powers of corporations. I'm paraphrasing. And it's all over the damn place. So it is proving to be one hell of a holiday season. And not that anybody will get particularly upset about this, but now the IDF is wasting Christians. Yeah? Yeah. There is a tiny little Christian community in Gaza. There is one Roman Catholic church in Gaza and 
a Greek Orthodox church in Gaza. The two church complexes are in the north part of the Gaza Strip. The St. Porphyrius Greek Orthodox Church and the Catholic Holy Family Church. Over the weekend, a mother and her adult daughter, both Roman Catholics, were wasted, murdered, killed, slaughtered by the Israelis. They were inside the grounds of the Holy Family Church. A statement was put out by the Latin Patriarchate of Jerusalem. That's the regional body that manages... uh, Cyprus, Jordan, Israel, and the Palestinian territories. And they said that, yes, on Saturday, a mother and her adult daughter were gunned down inside the grounds of the church. A church that has existed even inside Gaza without much conflict from the Palestinians. Nahida Anton and her daughter Samar Anton. The Patriarchate said that they were shot in cold blood. One was killed as she tried to carry the other to safety. At least seven other Christians were shot and wounded as they tried to protect others inside the church compound. Over on the website formerly known as Twitter... The Patriarchate shared photos and told NBC News uh, displayed a heavily damaged part of the church complex. In the photos, fire can be seen to be still burning. A lot of the area is just burnt out. And because the Israelis will not allow information in or out of Gaza, no one can reach anyone at Holy Family or its members. They did manage to get someone who said that they uh, that he was Nahida Anton's son. But that was as far as it went. The IDF has said, according to an IDF investigation, this claim is not true. Uh, There was fighting near another church, but not near this one. The IDF has proven once again that it is loyal to truth and transparency. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, John Kirby, and and you know uh, John in Central PA. Yeah, it's moments like this where you go, Ooh, this is not good for the Biden administration. Although even a contemplation of something being good or bad when we're talking about people's lives. Now John Kirby told NBC News's Gabe Gutierrez 
that the U.S. has raised our concerns about this particular incident with the Israeli government about the need for those who have injuries or have been wounded to be able to be safely evacuated so they can receive appropriate medical treatment. Where? Where? For the love of sweet little baby Jesus, where? Where? Where can you get appropriate medical treatment in Gaza? News out over the weekend that the Israelis were attacking another hospital. Kirby went on and said, as I've said before, every civilian death is a tragedy. We've been... Tens of thousands of tragedies, most of them women and children. We've been very clear that we believe every effort possible must be made to prevent civilian casualties. Unfortunately, it appears in this case a mother and a daughter lost their lives. Really? Lost their lives? Yeah, there, there they were, strolling along with their lives one minute, and the next minute they'd lost them. Where'd our lives go? Oh, wait. Unfortunately, it appears this case, a mother and a daughter lost their lives, and our prayers go out to the families who are grieving their loved ones. Tots and pears, y'all. Tots and pears. Now, over in Bethlehem, you know, just yesterday I heard Nat King Cole singing. A mother tonight is rocking her baby in Bethlehem. And then if you, did you, did you ever listen to the actual lyrics of Away in a Manger? It's a Christmas carol, but Jesus, it's sad. Jesus, look at the time. No crying he makes. That's supposed to make you think that little baby Jesus is miraculous already because he doesn't cry. I wonder if maybe it was because they weren't safe. Anyway, over in Bethlehem, the Reverend Mitri Raheb who is a leader in the Palestinian Lutheran Church in Bethlehem in the occupied West Bank, said it's heartbreaking. But also, you know, it makes people very angry. Now, Reverend uh, uh, Raheb had been in regular and frequent communication to the extent possible with the uh, church in Gaza's community. Reverend Raheb said that Nahida Anton was just trying to go to the restroom when she was gunned down. And her daughter... Do you ever ever actually try to envision this, visualize it? Because it's hard. Mama said to daughter, I'll be back, I'm going to the ladies' room. Okay, Mama. 
And she's older, and she gets up, and she's making her way to the ladies' room. And an Israeli bullet blows through her body, wrecking everything in its path. As she fa- and she falls to the ground, and her daughter screams, Mama! And runs to her. And the same Israeli soldier who killed her mama kills her too. And for anyone paying attention, Reverend Raheb pointed out that it's not the first attack on a Christian church. The oldest Greek Orthodox church in Gaza St. Porphyrius, that I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, was bombed on October the 21st, and at least 18 people died there. By way of explanation, the IDF said, uh, well, our, our fighters and jets had, uh, were, were trying to hit a command and control center of Hamas, but... Uh, I mean, the church wasn't the target of the strike. We just happened to blow the be Jesus out of it. And Pope Frank would like a word. Unarmed civilians are the objects of bombings and shootings, and this happened even inside the Holy Family Parish Complex, where there are no terrorists but families, children, people who are sick or disabled, nuns. Some would say, it is war, it is terrorism. Yes, it is war, it is terrorism. The IDF, however, continues to try to whitewash it. The IDF only targets terrorists and terror infrastructure and does not target civilians no matter their religion. Hamas is trying to put everyone at risk. Civilians. They use civilians and holy sites as human shields for its terror activities. Um, The leaders of the Christian community are not buying that bullshit. Reverend Munther Isaac, who pastors the Christmas Evangelical Lutheran Church in Bethlehem, said they can say whatever they want. The fact remains that two women, two harmless women, were shot dead in front of the church with many eyewitnesses. If Israel, you know, shot their own hostages who were raising white flags, then why should we be surprised? The Israelis are willing to shoot any moving target, even if that target was carrying white flags. And the problem is, Holy Family is doing what a church is supposed to do. They are a refuge for people seeking surcease of sorrow and something resembling safety in a place where safety does not exist. And so people, hundreds of people, have sought sanctuary within the walls of the church. Uh, Layla Moran is a member of the British Parliament, and she went on social media Friday and said some of her relatives 
are among some 300 people trapped on the church's grounds. They are beyond desperate and terrified, she said. The next day, she said her family had said that there are soldiers at the gates of the church and a fire has broken out when they hit one of the already broken down generators. Uh, MP Moran said, we don't know why this is happening. Are they going to be expelled from a church just days before Christmas? Well, when all said and done here, there just may not be any Christian, Christians left in Gaza. The death toll is somewhere around 18,700 people now. Reverend Rahab, remember Reverend Rahab? We were talking about Reverend Rahab earlier. Bear in mind, these Christian communities are among the oldest on earth. We're talking about Christian communities that have survived the Romans. Survived the spread of Islam. Survived the Ottoman Turks. Survived the carnage of the First World War. Well, Reverend Rahab said, I believe the Christian community will not survive this atrocity. Even those who will survive, who might survive, I'm not sure they can live in Gaza, in a place where life is unlivable. A uh, professor at a Jesuit university in Scranton, PA, the University of Scranton, fellow by the name of Michael Azar, who teaches theology and religious studies, noted that the Christian population in Gaza has been steadily decreasing and that it has already seen declines over previous moments of difficulty or turmoil or war. And now 20 people in a community of just 1,000 is actually a pretty high percentage. The fear of being erased is very real and justifiably real. Erased. Ethnically cleansed. I want to think that Joe Ma- uh, that uh, Joe Biden is absolutely hopping mad. He's he's known he's known for letting loose with a few swear words here and there of the choice variety. And I have no basis in reality for this, but I want him to, I hope he has a growing sense of outrage. I don't know. I I don't know. And to anyone who would say, and I'm setting up a straw man here, but it exists, 
Anyone would say, well, where was your outrage about the 1,200 people who were killed on October 7th? It was right there. And I gave voice to it. But see, this is what you get with the Abrahamic religions. This eye for an eye horse shit, this Bronze Age barbarity. And it's just awful. I had a note from Steve in New York said uh, he'd check in uh, again later on. He said, I should listen to this, Robin. I just can't. But I'm putting up a $15 challenge. Let me know if the community meets it. So there's $40 in challenges on the table. It's badly needed for bill paying and heat. Uh, Rouse will double the first 25 that comes in, then the next 15 gets doubled by Steve. And that would get us down to uh, 1170 in terms of trying to get fully funded. Oh, and uh, no, Randy Radar, uh, no, uh, th that's not the name of the song. Uh, I mentioned all over the world the ELO song that was in Xanadu. Uh, and Randy Radar chimed in and with uh, Herman's Hermits all over the world. No, actually, old DJ brain at work here. Uh, that song is called There's a Kind of Hush, or A Kind of Hush. There's a kind of hush. All over the world tonight. <laughs> Wav gets a uh, a, a laugh. <laughs> oh, LOL says Ralphs. So I have uh, filibustered into the second hour of the program. Let's. Uh, Let's run over and, hey, it's Todd. Hey, Todd. Robin, how you? Do, how are you doing? I'm cold, but I'm okay. Yeah, it's, uh, look, it's something, when you live in the South and you get used to it, um, yeah, this, this, um, let me stop comes. this damp weather, it's, it's cold. Yeah, it's cold here. Um, I'm sorry, because I know you're up on the mountain. I'm not. People don't understand what it's like when that wind comes off that mountain, and it's it's damp air. So it's like you have humid air in the summertime. It's humid, cold air, which means it sticks to you. Oh, it goes clean to the bone. It goes right to you. You can feel that shit, and then you bring it into the house. You bring your clothes are all just cold. It's like it's fucked up. No, I've had my fireplace burning. You know what I'm saying? So we we've been having fires around here. That sucker! I thought I was going to burn the house down yesterday. It, it was it was blazing, but uh, the rain. You know, I like to burn the fire when it rains. But uh, I, I want to say proud is not the correct term. Um, I believe maybe a nearer term might be uh, we appreciate your courageousness in in spearheading just truth in history. And, and just, you know, no one likes this situation. 
and time and time again, um, the people who appreciate your work product, they come around in the end. They, they're late. They're late, but they come around. They're late to work, but they, they get there. Um, but you see now, I, it's a, it's a lot going on. And let me let me get back to my space over here. But it it was just it was just very very. I mean, it was just that people need to hear the truth because this this narrative. And I want somebody to look up Mark Regev because if it, I'm pretty good at at them accents and languages and such. And if he's not from Pretoria, South Africa, I don't think he's Australian. He's got a Rhodesian or a Pretorian South African accent, and his callousness when he refers to collateral damage when we dropped the leaflets. You know, we told them to move. You know, that was always suspect from the beginning. It, it, this is, I don't understand how these, and, and, and let me say this, and I'm not going to keep you because I know you have sparked. I can't. No, 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 no. Don't you, this. don't you, don't you run yourself off. Don't you even. I, I, I just don't, I, well, because I feel bad. I'm, I'm trying to be a better person every day, which means being mindful. Right. It but, ain't easy, but it's worth it. Well, it's worth it. It takes work. That's why most people don't do it. It's too much work. It's and and, and see, I, when I when I saw the story about the mother and the daughter, and maybe this is too strong a word, and I know that the I know the little fascists and maggots and whatever get a big giggle of, out of it because they feel like they're owning the labs. But I got triggered when I saw the church stories because I can remember the sense of abiding sickness and shame that I felt when we unleashed shock and awe on Iraq and all but eliminated one of the oldest Christian sects and Christian communities in the entire world. And the funny thing is, I'm not a Christian. If, if there was a, a tiny, on, I mean, look, uh, if, if there was a tiny enclave of Buddhists in Gaza sitting there chanting for peace, I would be pissed off that some fucking trigger happy sniper wasted a couple of uh, wasted a couple of women there. And, and there's and there's something else to go into here, too. No, you're right. We're the same milk because antiquities, people, all the things that are way older than you have no right to do that. Just like when the Taliban uh, uh, blew uh, up the Bamiyan Buddhas. Yeah, oh my God. So just to let you guess, we're on the same page. I told yes. Please, please continue. Well, you know I have to interject because I. No, can't. no, no. I, I understand. Uh, but there's something else here and it's it's the three escaped israeli hostages that got wasted by their own whoa we didn't get to that it's too much shit man well we're Come getting on. there we're we're getting there now and they they did uh, they were yelling in hebrew for christ's sakes they had they 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 had a white flag they were they they had painted messages on their shirts in food for fuck's sake in, in, in like English and Hebrew and we need to remember that the vast majority of the IDF are comprised 
of reservists. Everybody, right. everybody in Israel, you know, except the Orthodox, have to serve. I mean, it, I, I know, I know there are, I know there are black folks in Israel. I get it. Uh, the 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 um, the Ethiopian Jew, Jews who came to Israel to live and then were treated like crap by the white yes. the white Israelis. Uh, yes. Uh, those are the Zionists. It doesn't make clear who those were. They, those were a sect of the, a part of the Zionists. Part uh, but but anyway, so I was like I was seeing some footage of some footage. There's another word that needs to go away. I was seeing some video of Israel of IDF troops, and lo and behold. There's a black dude. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, a little jarring, but you know, if if they can soak up bullets, and they aren't orthodox, they gotta serve. Um, mm. but 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 what I'm what I'm trying to get at here, and it's I'm struggling a little bit, I confess, is that these are kids, and these are kids who have been manipulated into a white, and I do mean white hot frenzy. To go and take revenge. It's not even so much about protecting Israel anymore. It's about having vengeance. It's about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And so when you send some 19-year-old or 18-year-old kid with a bunch of battle rattle on them, guys and girls and non-binaries into a place like Gaza where everything that moves you've been told that everything that moves is your enemy but hey try not to kill the civilians and they see somebody moving they kill them like the three Israeli boys who were hostages and had gotten free they were going to be back in the bosom of their families, Todd. And Israeli part-time soldiers blew them the hell away. Hamas didn't do that. Hamas took them hostage. Hamas has responsibilities. But for the actual deaths, nope, that's the IDF. Well, see, that was my roommate, except he was a child, which is why he was so weird. He was already a killer. That's exactly why he was so weird. He did not know his interpersonal relationship skills were non-existent. I mean, that's just, that's just an aside. But yes, it, it, right, what you said. Now, now, okay, so we know that it, this, this is, in other words, they're just, they're just painting the picture for us that, that, you know, I already knew and other people suspected. I already knew what was going to happen because I know I, I, what I didn't tell you is that I'm totally intimate in this community. And when I say intimate, I mean intimate. I have been intimate in this community. That's how I know so much about it. Like, in other words, my friend, she would have been called too goy. You see, there's a whole diaspora. But these folks, I'm telling, they, they are, they are upset now because with the universities, because people are learning. They're learning the truth, and they don't like it. Remember, they don't teach about the Nakba in, in Israel. They don't teach that. Oh, they but they, but know. they, but but the, the the older ones know because you know we're rolling out the Nakba. Well, yeah, they know. 
There's not going to be a Palestinian left in Gaza. No, not, listen, and you know you what happens. And, and 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 you know what happens after they after they've ethnically cleansed Gaza. Mm-hmm. West Bank, oh, West Bank. You coming for that? Are you going to listen? They, they were, this was a plan, and and it's funny because there's a there's a, a reporter, a writer named Masha Gessen, and and. I don't know if she was on. I don't know where I saw her, but uh, or him um, or saw Masha. But she said exactly what I said. We, God, this must have been a month and a half, two months ago. Because it's just so obvious now. We're dealing with with wounded a group of wounded people, who are inflicting pain upon others as was inflicted upon their ancestors and themselves. And they don't even see it. And it's so funny to use that B word because that had been on my mind this weekend. I said to myself, they just don't even care anymore. They're just bloodthirsty. Because they are dragging the whole world down into this new phase of Middle East-based terrorism. And they don't care. They don't care. I mean, it's bigger than that, but I mean, all right, they have their issues. They've always had their issues. They've had issues for thousands of years. I mean, it goes back before 1948, as we're learning, as some people are learning, because apparently a lot of people didn't even know that, you know, what was going on. But this this bloodthirstiness, I mean, and then they, they expect they expect us to, to go along like, well, we have to do this. They don't, do they not see? The others see how they are, their perspective. In other words, like black folks, we're three-fifths of a person. Those Palestinians, first of all, they group them all as Hamas. Palestinian and Hamas are not synonymous. Stop that shit. All right. Not that, you know, yeah. but again, uh, what, what did the president of Israel say? There is not one innocent person in Gaza. See, when I heard you say that, that, that I had a shudder. Because, see, that's insight into what they're Sure makes genocide right a hell of a lot easier when there's no innocent people, right? I wonder if the right. Germans said well, that about the, about the Warsaw, Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Well, once again, we're back to that. This is all a plan. Gaza's one big ghetto. They have been de- uh, dehumanizing people now for quite some time. They're, they're filthy animals. They're vermin. They're, they're savages. So, therefore... wonder if they're killed. poisoning the blood. What this is this is this is old this is what I'm saying. And when they talk about the rapes, let, let me get something straight. It's awful. It's terrible. That but that's why we do not want war. Have you never never heard of Nanking? Have you never heard of what the Koreans did and got done to them? Have you never heard of what the what the Soviets did to the German women? I mean it's part of war. That's what happens. That's why we don't like war. The same people. Oh Todd, that's ancient history. It is not ancient history. 1938? It is, it, is, it, is, it is to people who think that history started the day they were born. Oh, uh, well, I can't. I don't even know how to address that. Well, no, I mean, really, I mean, see, I, I, no, I, I have to keep, I, I, I keep a check on myself. Because while I do not have a history degree... I was taught to love and revere it, 
and learn from it early on. And without getting too personal, that's a new note for this program. I know now looking back, and I know other people who had similar experiences, I know that part of my growing up was watching my father self-medicate and self-treat his untreated PTSD that he didn't even know was a thing. It was part of my growing up. I loved him dearly. But every so often, we'd take that little drive to the Tennessee state line, and he'd buy four cases of Sterling Big Mouths and get home and get them cold, and then he'd start. And he'd be okay for a little bit, but then he'd start talking about his experiences down 30 feet below the waterline in that aircraft carrier. And he would rage, and he would rail, he would shout, he would scream, And it was terrifying. And it was real. And it was not his fault. Right. But, and you know, other times he would just talk about the day that the chaplain's office came to get him, to take him, you know, come up to the chaplain's office, and they took the, you know, and you got called to the chaplain's office. Nothing good ever came of that. That was, and so that was, that. (laughs) You know, going to the chaplain's office, it ain't Somebody dead. <laughs> That's so fucked up. It ain't good. It's supposed to be all nice and cheery, but nah. Yeah, come on. You want to want to want to have a prayer and a cup of tea, sailor? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. But it was about uh-huh. a, it was about a month. Well, he they they called him up to the chaplain's uh, office in October of 1944 to tell him that his big brother. Uh, 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 whom the ground he walked on, my father worshipped, was dead, killed, advancing into Germany. And a month later, uh, he missed being killed by a kamikaze by about mm, four minutes, five, maybe, because it hit exactly where he was sitting. He'd just put his cigarette out and, and gone to the head. In Pearl Harbor. No, no, no. This is the South Pacific in November 1944. Okay. Kamikaze. Oh, Midway? Oh, no, 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 no. No, this is, Midway is 1942. Okay. And, 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 you know, he told me all these things. And I think he had flashbacks. Um, he caught fire one day at work on the furnace floor, and he 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 did have a serious. Pe- and, and then there was the day he got electrocuted on the for- furnace floor. And he bore up under it all. I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about my father. He was tough as fucking nails. 
but I guess the point is, I grew up being taught what World War II meant. This is going all the way back to me saying that's ancient history. Well, it wasn't ancient history for me. The Second World War wasn't even 20 years over when I was born. And there were a lot of people for whom it was very much a reality. It was part of their real past. It was, it was the defining moment of their youth. My mother was the editor of the high school newspaper in this little town. And for her senior year when she was editor, she wrote a, a, a series of pieces, uh, propaganda pieces. They were charming, quite re really, uh, of a boy riding home to his family from the front and telling them how important it was that, that, they, that everyone, everyone chip in and everyone support the war effort and don't forget to pull the blackout curtains and please buy your war bonds. If you can't buy a bond, buy, buy a stamp. And, and, and observe, the, observe the rationing requirements because the war effort needed it. That soldiers and sailors have to be fed so they can fight for freedom and push back against the onslaught of global fascism. And they damned well knew what that word was, Todd. Fascism. They right. knew damned well. And so it's not ancient history to me. But you have to move carefully. You have to pick and choose your words. Or you will be blistered. Because I, you know, I do have a, I do have a working familiarity with history, as you do. And I can see in behaviors in Israel the same thing that, that, that the, you know, that the collective trauma has passed on to later generations of how the Jews were treated in Europe. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what I said two months ago, or I don't know, October. Yeah. I mean, I mean if, if you take your emotions out of it and step back, it, it's really quite obvious. We have a man-made ghetto. We have subjugation. We have control over all all things that make life, um, that give the ability of life, you know, basic necessities, food, water, shelter, all that is control. And, and now they're corralling people and just, you know, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. And... I, so I just don't understand, you know, how do they, how, how does this nation state think this is going to end? Because they're not, they're not really making their argument, they're not making their case right now. They're not making any friends at this point. And um, I'm going to make another prediction. It's already happened, really, but, you know, and, and you, you know, people who deal with the law, they already know this, but... See, when the facts are not on your side, you, you yell over people and you bang on the table and you start calling people names. And and this has already started because the facts are not on your side. I mean, this is just straight up genocide, But and this is something I have not said on your program, which is quite true. 
that, you know, they don't like to talk about. A lot of people don't like to talk about it because they feel it's impolite or whatever. But, you know, the nation state has been in perpetual, and that's a big word, perpetual violation of United Nations rules and standards and procedures probably since the early 50s. And, you know, they just, no one does anything about it. It's just like we have, now we, we have taken ourselves out. Remember Nikki Haley, remember what she did? We, we can't be tried for war crimes, you know, under her watch. So, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, if people are doing bad things, you ought to be to say it and not be called names. Hamas is a terrorist organization. They're murderous, weirdo killers. And we know that. I mean, that's a given. But an organized nation state should not act in the same way and expect to be treated better. Especially, especially when they have such a high population of dual citizenship people between the United States and that nation state. And I could be wrong, but I do believe they're probably the largest dual citizenship um, country on this planet with the United States. So we do have a say. We do have a say in how our money is being spent. Because this is just, and, and you got to the antiquities. We don't even know, you know, this this indiscriminate, just, I think we've been numbed by this. This is absolutely, we don't even know how many people have been killed yet. You know, it just, it just, it just seems like the goddess of irony has her hands all over this because it is the week before Christmas and nominally, Christians are supposed to know the entirety, of, you know, or, or, or the biggest part of the story. You know, people under an occupation being told to hit the road to go and answer a census. Remember, Mary and Joseph lived in Nazareth, and they had to they had to hit the trail to Bethlehem because that's where Joseph's people came from. So right. we're told. And I have no doubt that they saw occupying Roman soldiers every mile of the trip. Because that's also a period of time when there was a, there was there were uh, occasional uh, spasms of brutality and violence by the locals in protest of being occupied by Rome. Right? The greatest story ever told. And later on, later on, they would, uh, if the story is to be believed, and it's not believable, but they would have to flee into Egypt and become undocumented migrants to keep from being killed by Herod's uh, soldiers. So just outwandering in the desert. And we're talking about a mama with a newborn? 
Palestinian Jew? Jew? Could it have been? Yeah. Brown-skinned Palestinian day weird? laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi though? who wore a dress every day of their life. I just, isn't that weird, though? I mean, I, I always heard the racist people and the anti-Semites talk about, oh, you, the, you Jew killer, Jesus killer. I, I right, know, that's, okay. the, you know, the blood libel. What are, you do, what are they doing now? I mean, the, the, see the see the pro, the problem with miracles, Todd, is that they have no rhyme or reason, and you never know when one's going to crop up. And who knows if maybe some unwed mother in Ashkelon <laughs> is going into labor with the bombs going off around her. Pushing out a brand new baby Messiah. We Who knows? Know. It's all a story. Well, I, I mean, I, I just, and I, and I, I do. I like you. Like you, I have a I have a regard and respect for things that are ancient because it's a it's a direct connection to the fact that. While our lives are short and decidedly impermanent, the works of of hands and days of labor and sweat we leave behind in our physical culture. And those churches in Gaza are among the oldest Christian churches there. And, of course, that entire area was where Christianity was born. I'm not going to go into all of that. Everybody will just go away. And, but, well, it's I a mean, complicated It's place. where the Jesus it's cult true. started. Right. You know, the oldest books in the New Testament are not Matthew, Mark, and Luke, certainly not John. They are the letters of Saul of Tarsus, who changed his name and... Uh, identified as Paul, because Paul had a more Roman sound to it. The, the name Paulus uh, was an old standby in Rome, and he was a Roman citizen and wanted to come off as Rome. He wanted to pass for Roman, okay? I know a little bit about passing. Um, and in all of his letters, it's worth remembering this time of year, none of the writings that are ascribed to Paul say a blessed word about Mary being a female who had never had sex with a man and somehow getting pregnant and having a baby. I mean, that, you know, the, the, the first Pauline letters are written maybe 10, 15 years after Jesus got murdered by the state. Mm. If indeed that happened. And... Not a word about a virgin birth. That only comes along in the Synoptic Gospels 75 years after Christ was crucified, if he was. And that's where it pops up. But there's also the question of the mistranslation. The word that, that 
the later Christians translated as virgin, i.e. a girl who had never been had sexual intercourse, uh, was actually just the Hebrew and Aramaic word Alma, which means young girl. And girls got married off very early back then. Mm-hmm. Remember, mm-hmm. she was betrothed to be married to Joseph at maybe 13 or 14. Girl gets her first menses, menarch hits, and daddy starts looking for a hubby so he can trade her for some chickens and goats and camels and sheep and gold and frankincense and myrrh and whatnot. You know, just no bacon. It's a complicated mess. It's a complicated mess. But the fact, uh, of, but the, but the fact of the matter is, it is the tableau against which this is all taking place. You know, the genocides that are recorded in the Old Testament, where God tells the the children of Israel to go and slaughter everything that moves, walks, crawls, whatever, every living thing, every man, every woman, except the except the young girls, the almas who have not had sex with a man, don't kill them. Take them and give them to the priests to rape. Don't don't take it from me. It's in their book. You're not supposed to talk about that. And it's not just one instance of it. There's lots of instances of it. Um, but you're not supposed to say that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying just like we're at a place where you cannot, just like uh, Mr. Deutsch said, you cannot criticize Israel. Right? Right to a professor's face. And the professor looked at him like. I mean, it's it's really uh, sickening. Let me, uh, doggone it. You're on the wrong line. So I can't play the clip, but uh, here we are. Uh, last week. Uh, the junior senator from Texas, Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America, was at a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing uh, regarding some judicial nominees that President Biden has put forward. Among them was a man named Adil Abdullah Mangi who has been nominated to be the first Muslim man, the first Muslim anyone, on the United States Circuit Court of Appeals. He has an entire career behind him, Todd, of battling religious discrimination. And he sits as well on the advisory board of the National LGBT Bar Association. When he testified, he said, I'm a Muslim. In my view, the Muslim and LGBT communities are natural allies. Many in our community are strong supporters of LGBT rights. For example, the Muslim Bar Association of New York was the only religious bar association to endorse marriage equality legislation in New York all the way back to 2011. Whoa, that's that's a big deal. 
so then uh, the, in that pinched, nasally, godforsaken voice of his, Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America, said, When I look at your background, I'm troubled by a lot of things, but I'm troubled by the fact that you served as an advisory board member of the Center for Security, Race, and Rights at Rutgers Law School from 2019 to 2023. And sadly, I think that the center embraces the same kind of extremism and myopia that we saw on display from the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and Penn. And then he brought out a letter that um, Mr. Mongi had nothing to do with, um, in which... uh, the Rutgers Center said a ceasefire between Israel and Gaza wouldn't end the horrible conditions that people live under. And Ted, well, do you agree with her? And Mangi gave the right answer, Todd. He said, let me say first that the genocide issue that you raised, any calls for genocide of any people are absolutely horrific, horrific, and there could be nothing more antithetical to anything I stand for. Well, Raffaelito cut him off and said, do you think Israel's an occupier? And Mangi, giving the correct answer, said, Listen, this is a very complex history and goes back thousands of years, and I'm not an expert on it. So then Rafaelito started reading random quotes from people that Mr. Mangi wouldn't know from Adam's house cat and asking him, if you, uh, Do you agree with that? And Mangi said, Senator, I said this earlier, but let me repeat it because I think it's critically important. Do you condemn the atrocities of the Hamas terrorists? Yes, that's what I was about to address, actually. And is there any justification, any justification for those atrocities? Senator, I'll repeat myself. The events of October 7th were a horror involving the deaths of innocent civilians. I'm going to ask again, is there any justification for those atrocities? That was going to be... That was going to be my next sentence, Senator, which is, I have no patience, none, for any attempts to justify or defend those events. And then he had the nerve to ask him, well, do you you support the September 11th attacks in New York? And he said, Senator, I don't think anyone feels more strongly about what happened on 9-11 than someone who was there who saw with their own eyes smoke billowing from the towers. But you won't condemn this! And Dick Durbin had finally had enough and said, let him complete his answer, would you? And then Raffaelito threw a fit. When a question's going badly for a Democrat witness, you try and step in and save the witness. He's giving a speech about something else because he doesn't want to answer the question. And so Durbin said, you know, you're trying to bully the witness and you're trying to bully members of the committee. And then Josh Hall and Ass stood up. And followed up. Again, reading anti-Semitic statements that Mangi didn't make and demanding that he publicly denounce them. Well, Rafaelito, will you publicly denounce the murder of a mother and daughter inside a Roman Catholic 
sanctuary in Gaza? Will you do that, Raphaelito? Why not? But that's where we are. And, and, and it's just posturing. It's theater. It's disgusting. It's racist. It's xenophobic. And the sad thing is, this guy will get on the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, and he'll be just fine, and he will be totally normal. And he'll make the same kinds of rulings that a white Christian evil, well, maybe not an evangelical, but a, you know, just any any American schooled in the law would make. But he might have a little bit of compassion for people like. Raphaelito's teenage daughter, whom he and his wife Heidi tried to hound or did hound into a suicide attempt simply because she said that she was attracted to both boys and girls. It's disgusting, Todd. It's just disgusting. It's really, you know, and and you said, and I'm not trying to get away from the topic at hand, with, with all this, uh, ag- these egregious war crimes, which are clearly war crimes that, that we could be found complicit in. But, um, you know, this news today, everything we suspected, first of all, on this past, on the subject we're talking about now, I feel vindicated. And I hope you, you feel absolved about, um, you know, no one, it's unpleasant. No one likes it, but, but people need to know the truth. I'm just amazed at how many people just don't have a grasp of the facts. You know, it, it's, it's just absolutely amazing, breathtaking. But, you know, and, and this maybe is even, even related to this absurd, disgusting news that we suspected all along that our Supreme Court is, is supremely Corrupt and compromised. Those fuckers lied on their job interview just like, well, you knew they did. But they they think it's funny. They think it's funny. These people conspired. They conspired. They had a plan already. So just like, you know, we said, well, they might just sit around and it's like, well, you know, like they're playing cards. Well, I'll give you this, but, you know, when this comes up, we'll have to go this way. Now, this is bullshit. We shouldn't be talking about if a justice is is a Republican or Democrat or left-leaning or right-leaning. It's the law. Please, can, be my rudder here. No, I mean. It, what? God. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. What's the fucking problem? Yes. And you know something. There has been a bit. I mean, uh, when you live in a place that's never experienced so much as a tremor, let alone an earthquake, a tremor feels like an earthquake. Um, a month or so ago. And I think it might have been Chris Coons of Delaware who said it. Maybe not. But he said, maybe it's time for us to talk about imposing some boundaries 
some conditions on Israeli aid. And that, you know, that might as, in political terms, for anybody in Washington to say that, it was the seismic, seismic equivalent of a Richter scale nine quake. You know, like the kind of a quake where a part of a continent calves off into the ocean. What? What? We can't have that. What? When we should have had it all along. Well, it's a moral position. Yes. Oh, I have to wait one second. I have to send out thanks to uh, Clarence. Hey, Clarence. Happy holidays, my friend. Uh, Clarence just met uh, Ralph's challenge, and that's so helpful. So $15 remains on Steve's challenge. That would get us down to 1170 if Steve's challenge is met. And be great if we could take a little bit more out of last week's fundraising deficit. Thank you, Clarence. Clarence also added, religion at war. The perpetual fighting of religions reminds me of a TV commercial that ran in the 1970s. I remember it. Kennel ration dog food had a jingle that went like this. My dog's better than your dog. My dog's better than yours. My dog's better than your dog because he eats kennel ration. My dog's better than yours. Clarence said, uh, try it this way. My God's better than your God. My God's better than yours. My God's better than your God. Because he loves us and not you. The impact of religion on humanity with violent conflict resolution is mind-boggling. It absolutely is. Wow. Clarence, it's good to hear. You're right. You're right, Clarence. You're absolutely right. And, and, and you know, it's funny that that is an indelible mark on my brain. My God, how many of us sung that going to school on the bus? My dog. <laughs> Along with my baloney has a first name. It's O S C A R. My baloney has a second name. It's M A Y E R. Oh, don't talk about that, Oscar. Well, movie. I've just earwormed the entire the, the entire Horn Family Community Congregation that is of a certain age. Of a certain, a great age where we could drink water out of a stream, <laughs> or out of the fire, out of the out of the garden hose, out of the garden hose. God, you remember how Without, how hot that water was in summer when you first turned on the backyard spigot? It's like boiling water. <laughs> so and somehow or another, it tasted better out of the hose. I'm not going in the house. It's right here. I'm not going in. Uh, I I don't even know what what in the hell. We're, get, I, I, we're getting I, a, we're getting a, we're getting a little bit Grandpa Simpson here. Well, look, it's okay because you know what? Just like they said, you don't in our time. Look, they're not going to be able to do the shit we did. They can't go to no house parties. You know, we didn't when we were growing up. It was like a gun. Oh, who's a gun? You know, ugh. You're not hunting? What are you, what? A gun? Shit. You know, and now, I mean, it's, this is absolutely insane. But this this is the world we're in right now. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I just think, I don't know. Maybe people are just, everybody's about me, me, me. 
Me, 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 me. Everything's about me. Cause, cause remember what's going on. Back to back to the topic at hand. Cause this shit. Remember, we don't live in. And I'm gonna say this, and I mean this shit, and I know what the fuck I'm talking about. We do not live in a vacuum any longer. In terms, we cannot be isolation. We cannot be isol- isolationists. I'm nervous. We can't be isolationists any longer. Like maybe at one point we could. Maybe. Probably wasn't a good idea because we had so much power. But now, especially with our, our power and influence, and because the way the world is now, everything is connected. Even people in the, in the forest and in Amazon, they have, in the deepest jungles, people have cell phones. You know, they have bank accounts and shit. You know, they, they'll go and kill some some deer or whatever, some antelope or whatever, and, and, and take it to town and they'll put it on their cash app. And they live in a fucking hut. So all this shit is related. And like I said before, diaspora, that's a powerful word. And people are spread out. You know, these, this action, this, this unwarranted military action at this point is pissing off a whole lot of people. And Disproportional um, response. No, I'm glad you brought that up. Isn't it interesting? You don't hear this term banter, bantied about, talked about a lot any longer. Let's, let me keep it simple because I'm, I'm just frustrated. You know, you don't hear them talking all up into this. They were talking about mowing the lawn, right? Mowing the lawn. You, you, don't, you don't hear that anymore, even though that, that's been the policy. That's absolutely been the policy. And the policy also out in the open. It's not me making this up. This has just been out in the open. For every, let's say, settler or Israeli or soldier that gets killed, there has to be seven to ten Palestinian slash Hamas person or Arab, because they're all the same to them, that has to be eliminated. Because that's, that is the frame, that's the, that's the rubric, the framework they operate on. And they're not going to say it right now because they're at war, but all you look at the archives. I'm not making this up. I mean, I used to get paid to keep track of shit. Anything in the news. So I have to. It's a habit. You know, and we we have to understand this. Because, like you said, you know, there will be, there are, the goal is to eliminate Palestinians, not eliminate Hamas, get rid of any kind of Arab-looking motherfucker that's anywhere near Israel, what they call Israel. Get them the hell out so they can just do what the hell they want to do and they don't want to be bothered. Because they have more guns, more weapons, and more influence than the other side. And on top of that, now we know that crooked-ass Netanyahu. And how many? How long have I talked shit about him? Way before this. Is that not correct? Yes. Yeah. That crook Netanyahu. That, yes. Say it again. Say it. That la- crook? Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over. No, 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 you're fine. Louder for the people in the back. That crook, Netanyahu. They talk about how crooked Hamas is and the Palestinian Authority. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. That dude's so so crooked when he dies, they'll have to screw him into the sand. And let me begin in his, in his formative years. That motherfucker has a fake-ass accent. He went to Sheltonham High School, which is... You could throw a football halfway from the Philadelphia County line across Ogant's Avenue, across Sheltonham Avenue, right into Abington Township to Sheltonham High School. 
which looks like a college campus because it's so wealthy. It's a beautiful, it's a wonderful enclave from uh, Abington Township in Sheltonham, moving up to Elkins Park and on up, uh, you know, basically Broad Street improper because once you leave Philadelphia, it's 611. It's not Broad Street any longer. So, you know, that's where, that, that's, he went to high school there. So that's a thick ass accent. And he has been crooked and, and, and engaged in misdeeds forever. And, and it's, that's, that's his pro- professional self. But just look at him. Does he look like a, a nice individual you might want to engage in, in and with? No, I would. Are you kidding me, Bibi Netanyahu? I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust. I wouldn't trust, dude, bro, with the car, with the carcass of a runover skunk. See, could, would you buy a bridge no. from this man? No, no, no. He's shown what he is. He had the nerve to come to a, to his his strongest ally and totally diss the serving president. And go straight to Congress. And didn't he want to be hardly in the room with that serving president? Because he's of that ilk that I spoke of. He, I know what he is. He's of that ilk. And you have to and see, it's complicated. They don't want you to know how they operate. This is why they're upset. Because their pants are down now. People understand how a faction of that culture of folks operate. And it's compli- It's really complicated. And I've been I've been thinking about this. Honest to God, you know, with, with my knowledge base, I've been thinking about this a long time. And part of it is probably logical, because you know we've been talking about history and ancient times and such. And remember, the further back you go in history, most people were illiterate. It was a big deal if you could read and write any kind of language. That was like a big deal. You know, in any any culture, you describe. You know, it was a big you know, call to scribe, whatever you want to call it. You were writing on a cave wall. Everybody couldn't do it. But that particular culture, you have to study. It's part of the tenet. And the further right you go, the more observant you are. You have to. It's not a stereotype. It's just what is expected of you. Because you have to be able to read, and write, and and absorb. It's just what you have to do. Now, imagine that 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, or, you know, 1,700 years ago. You, that was pretty elite. You could read and write, you know, so you did more, know more than other people. Now, but when you translate that into the modern world, you know, no, you're not smarter than anybody else. Everybody has access to everything now. And it's unsettling to a certain group of people. Because they've been told, well, you're better than everybody else. And I'm not making this up. Once again, I've been intimate in this community. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And now they're upset because people know how they operate. They do have an apartheid system over there. But it's complicated because there are Arabs who live in Israel. There are Palestinians who live in Israel. But they're under different kind of scrutiny, many of them. Most of them are under total different scrutiny. Just like in India has a caste system. Now, they say they don't anymore, but, you know, that's like saying, well, racism is gone in the United States just because we said so. Right. Well, that's not quite true. <laughs> not quite true. So there's a lot of nuance here that a lot, I think a lot of people are not aware of because, you know, we weren't required to be. America is not required to do a lot of work, period, in terms of, of, of 
world history knowledge and stuff. It's, it's real. We can go by, go throughout life without having to know another language. Or, you know, we don't have to know how another culture works because we don't have to. And that's that's to our detriment. And that, that's why we're easy, easy to take advantage of also. But that's just something to think about because, you know, and it, it was the literacy thing that got me. I was like, well, maybe that's part of it. But this, this shit about treating other people the way they got treated, how can they not see this? And now you have people who have a platform that's saying exactly what we were talking about a month or two ago. And it's just so obvious. And then you want money from us to, to, to commit genocide? So you can have land development? Because that's the next thing. That, that's going to be swimming pools and movie stars, man. That, that's, that's, river, that's oceanfront property. Swimming pools God. and movie stars. Oh, my God, the Ashkelon hillbillies. <laughs> Don't, come on. It'd be like, look like Monaco. They'll make gardens yeah. bloom in the desert. See? Why do you think they took those people's land? Because where they only lived where they had settlements where the oasis were. That's the desert. They're like, oh, this shit, it looks like some good land. Let's take that. What can they do? We have guns, and we have, we are the police. They can't do shit. Get the fuck out. I mean, I'm not making this up. That's how this shit went down. The Nakba. 750,000 people driven from their homes. It really happened. It really happened. And, and, that's the, and, that's me, the, and that is the kind of never-again generational memory that takes place in populations that have been abused. Because it's all un- it's all unresolved trauma. The Holocaust is unresolved trauma. The Nakba is trauma. unresolved trauma. The Armenian genocide is unresolved trauma. The Rwandan genocide is unresolved trauma. The Sand Creek Massacre perpetrated by Colonel Chivington in the 19th century in Colorado is unresolved trauma. The, 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 the indigenous genocide on this continent, in this hemisphere, is unresolved trauma. We are a trauma planet. American Negro slavery. Unresolved, unresolved trauma. trauma. There's a reason that black Americans are seen differently than every other Negro on this planet. Because Nigerians don't like us. Too much, they look down on us. So you know we are a fallible species, and, and we had to come to terms. We're not as big and bad as we think we are. And, and I, it would behoove of us to, to kind of just maybe pull back a little bit because this shit is going on. Well, now see, do you, you know, I'm unresolved trauma. What? There's so much in all of this, Todd, and this is such a valuable conversation, and I'm probably going to get shit for it. But whatever. Uh, Again, I go back. I go back twenty years Mm -hmm. to the 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 illegal war of choice that Dim Leader and Darth Cheney and Coleman his mouth dude and Donald Rumfeld and the and Scooter Mister Scooter waged against innocent people, innocent brown people in Iraq. 
And I remember the same sort of taunts that anybody who was opposed to the war was subjected to. You know, this is Moran Monday, and it's been Moran Monday for almost 20 years because of that stupid meme out there of the stupid dude. I wonder, he's 20 years older now. I wonder what happened to him with his St. Louis Cardinals t-shirt on. Counter-protesting in favor of the war against the innocent people of Iraq and holding up a sign that says, Get a brain, Morans! Oblivious to what a moran he was. But I remember how uh, how the people with uh, who wanted to heap dead burnt body and, 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 and with veins in their teeth and hopping up and down and screaming, Kill! Kill! Thanksgiving's over, so we won't go into Alice's restaurant. But I remember, but, but I remember how they gave shit to the people who were opposed to the war and said, "Oh, you just want to sit down with the terrorists and try to understand them, you sissies, you liberals." Well, the point of the matter is, though, Todd, sometimes it's actually valuable to find out why people are aggrieved or whether those grievances are actually real or whether they're made up. You know, there's. There, there, there's, there's uh, audio. Uh, there are audio files of Adolf Hitler in 1939 saying, "The Poles wanted this. They asked for this. We give them this." Pol- the Polish people asked, didn't ask for shit, and the Polish people didn't saber rattle at Adolf Hitler. Jesus Christ! They just, they, they, they tried to defend their country. With horse cavalry. And they were mowed down in their thousands by machine gunners in panzers. And bombed by Stuka dive bombers. They had absolutely no hope of resisting the Third Reich. No. But here we are. Here we are? This is what I, this is what I don't understand. Now, and, and, you know... Uh, and and, and 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 there will be no, there will be no no, no mm, there will be no brooking of any claim that every Palestinian isn't Hamas. You know, because to the people who are absolutely hungry for this war and hungry for Palestinian blood, a newborn Palestinian baby, even if it's in a manger, is just. Tiny Hamas. You know, they're born with the dynamite belt strapped right to them. You know that, right? I, I have heard that around where I live. I'm telling from a professional person behind a desk, and I just looked at her, and I just... I was like, I can't even engage in conversation with this person. Again, I mentioned, I, mentioned, I mentioned Colonel Chivington for a reason. Nits make lice. Kill them all. <laughs> I heard you say that before. You were absolutely right. Yep. I mean, come on! Like, like, how do how do people not see this? I, I don't understand. And there's a man running for president of the United States who will probably be the Republican nominee, who is literally using the same language as Adolf Hitler, the fucking same. And I saw that quote. Nope. Ralph sent it along earlier today. I saw that quote, Todd, and I, I remembered the testimony of Ivana Trump. In her divorce from Donald. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Saying yep. that he kept a copy of Hitler's speeches by his nightstand. Now, now, 
All right, freeze. Everybody freeze. On Fox News Sunday, one of the guests said, oh, and, and some old, this, this, quote, unquote, this white guy, right, looks just like somebody's uncle or whatever, all straight and all this. Not, not, not like sexually, but reasonable, whatever. He said, well, I, I can't imagine that Donald Trump will be reading one column. I'm like, oh, you ain't been paying attention, motherfucker. Where have you been? Everybody said that, yes, that was the case. Everybody. His father was a well, it's like it's like the fact that we done. didn't we didn't it's like the fact that we did not exploit his or at least make more broadly known the fact that his daddy was arrested at a Klan riot. Somebody brought it up right. once and he said, oh, that's fake news. And that was the end. They just dropped it when there's actually research that can be done that will show you that not only was he arrested, he was arrested, brought to the precinct, booked and was wearing full Klan regalia when he did it. Sorry, I'm pounding on tables now. Well, but, but you, well, you are. But 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 you are speaking the truth that anyone who knows how to work in archives or work in uh, uh, anyway, our, our government website. It was published on the. It was published from the police blotter in a New York a New York City newspaper of the time. For Christ's sakes! Oh, and let me let me get to a couple of emails and a couple of thank yous real quick. Uh, Jude jumped in and said, uh, "Donating for the name Alma." The wonderful woman who wrote in during a conversation we were having, Robin, after I had returned from Portland during Black Lives Matter, we connected through Mike Malloy. Haven't heard from Alma in ages, and I hope she's okay. If you're out there, Alma, say hi. We worry. And also, Jude says hello to Todd, always in peace. Um, so, Steve in New York's challenge got met, so we are now down to 1170, and our buddy Tom in sunny San Rafael just took us down to 11.50. Thanks for the program today. It's one for the ages. I'm glad you think so, Tom. These are these are, these are hard to get into. Yeah. I mean, it, yes, I mean I, because... I'm not saying, we're not because, talking about this shit easily. Yeah. And I'm trying not to be flip. I'm, talk, I'm, trying, not to, and I'm trying not to be a little smartass. Because there's, 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 there's nothing here... To be absolutely, I'm sorry. You know, seventy thousand. When when have you had enough eyes? When have you had enough? When have you had enough eyes for eyes and teeth for teeth? And bless their little hearts. You know, I, I'm guessing Todd that you got up this morning just like I did and started watching Jehoshaphat. I, and I'm, I'm once again, I could not, you know, I had to think. I really had to think before I, I contacted the show tonight. I really did because I feel like, you know, I called too much. But it, when you start, no, you when you played that, it's like they, it, it's finally clicking, but they know it's too late. Did you get that? It's like it's too late. It's like the Avalanche Well, I mean, that certainly seemed down. that certainly seemed to be Jonathan Lemire and uh, and 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 Elise Jordan's take on it. But also this morning. Lo and behold, there was Joe again, railing on Psycho Baby, Keska say. Basically, <laughs> he did everything but, but say that he's so crooked they'll have to screw him into the sand when he dies. I mean, Joe's, Joe's, Joe's a convert. Joe's sorted it out now, I guess. Did did you notice that also? Yeah, I think he's 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 never said lie hop, 
But I think I, I think Joe's fully in the lie hopper camp now. Let it happen on purpose. He, you know, yeah. And and, and again, they keep it. You know, they had these plans as early as 2017. Who was the president in 2017? The plans and and okay the funding and okay yeah <laughs> billion dollars. So so wait a minute. When they uncover these tunnels, they're called BB's tunnels, baby. Those are BB's tunnels. Those aren't Hamas tunnels. Those are BB's tunnels. We're gonna hear that on on, on Jehoshaphat. What? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Now you're Justin Wilson. Like, no. Oh my God! I'm, I, I'm, 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 I am such I am such a little blonde. There's somebody on the stress line. Let, let you stay put. Let me see who's on the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. You know, just because Hi, Tracy. I'm a black woman, mm-hmm. that means that you should keep me waiting in the back of the bus. God damn it! Yeah, because I knew that was you. Right. Hi, mm-hmm. Tracy. uh... (laughs) Waiting in the back of the queue, damn it. Waiting in the back of the motherfucking queue. Just to be more careful. And I I don't know if you got the text message that I said when you said um, that uh, Americans have never been required to work too hard, baby. No, you need to rephrase that. White White. Americans. (laughs) Americans have never been required to work too hard. Baby, come on now. Now I knew. I know you learned better than that back in the day. So and you live in the south, so you should know better. I'm, I'm, I'm really upset with you about that right now. But I'll let you slide because I know you're tired and things are tough, and people can't think of everything. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you made that observation and you correct. You're right. That's yeah. And, and I didn't. That's that's yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean, think about it. <laughs> You're like, uh, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. But it's so nice to hear your still, voice. Even still. Thank you. It is mm-hmm. nice to hear yours. It's not only nice to hear yours, but to actually be on the same call with you. That, you know, that is just a, a thrill a minute for me. I'm just, you know, because we, we haven't talked in a minute. So to be on the phone and on air with my two favorite people, you know, maybe there is a, you know, maybe there is a goal, you know. <laughs> oh, so that part. You are funny. You are. I hope you're doing well. I have my, I, you know, yeah, but I, I'm mm. doing, it's, it's just, I'm doing okay. Well, no, I'm lying. I'm not, but, you know, I, I'm still, I'm just getting my hustle and doing all that. And it's, it's exhausting. It is so fucking exhausting. I was listening to, it was an old uh, interview. Uh, I guess it, it was the best of Tabitha Smiley. Because I guess he's probably out of town for the holidays. So he was interviewing black women who are expat, you know, what is it? Expats. Mm-hmm. And um, this one woman, and what she said, what she said. I, I I almost started crying. She's like, you can't outrun racism, but you don't have to die from it. Truth. That's true. That so, because 
There, I mean, in other words, she's lived. She 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 has lived with her children. She left the country, um, and she's lived in Lisbon. She's lived in Singapore. She's lived, you know, and but she's also staying rooted to her blackness. She's like, look, racism is racism, but there's different variants of racism. She's like, like when she lives in Singapore, she's like, if she got pulled over by the police, she didn't have to worry about being killed. That's what she means by you can't outrun racism, but you don't have to die of it. You know, yes, there's racism, but it's different. There's different variants. She's like, when she started living in another country, there was just, the air smelled different. Because living in this country and being black in this country is fucking exhausting. And so, and it's just, and I got to thinking about what it would be like to live somewhere. And yes, you know, there are, you know, countries are racist as fuck. But again, the chances of somebody killing me because a law says they can't, and there will be no consequence or a law, you know, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> you know, it's just, I can't even imagine living that way. I, I've had, I am, so tired of microaggressions. I am so tired of laws that are specifically written to be at, that are anti-black. I am, I am tired. I am, you know, and it's just it, when you, it's so hard to find joy, but we have to. And you know how I found joy yesterday, y'all? I went and saw Wonka. I knew you were going to say that. Uh oh. Oh, the play. And and baby, huh? The play or the movie? What did you say, Todd? I'm sorry. The, the play or the movie? No, oh, the movie. It came out with, with Timothy Charlemagne. And oh, right, right, right. I, right. I smiled. I laughed because you know we are like you were saying, we're people of a certain age. We grew up watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We grew up in madly in love with Gene Wilder and all that. And, and so absolutely loving watch, seeing Violet Bix and Mike TV and get right, what was and, coming. And, and Veruca. Oh, Veruca song. Oh, they don't understand. You know, and, and the only want it don't now. What would have, oh, God, that was a movie. That movie was yeah well and uh, the funny thing that dawned on me and I mentioned it uh, early on in Nitwit Nero's presidency he's Mike TV all grown up and 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 homicidal yeah. and, and and criminally insane oh you know watching Mike TV now I'm like oh you are, that's a huge count. That is what, an, oh my God, you hit the nail on the head. I, wow. He was a little. I mean, just go back go back and watch the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> and watch every, pay close attention to every scene with Mike TV and you're like, holy shit, that's Trump. God oh my well, God. Well, you know what I did? And I did that shit when I came home. Um. First, I watched the Johnny Depp version, because that's creepy. 
And then I watched the OG uh, with Gene Wilder. And and the Johnny Depp version with Tim Burton. Tim Burton, I think there's something wrong with that man. Somebody did something horrible to him as a child. I don't know. He's dark. But I do love The Nightmare Before Christmas. He's dark. He's dark. But the Mike TV on his version, <laughs> he's playing video games. Yeah, and of course the the you know the 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 shoot 'em up you know because you know in the in the OG version Mike TV is just playing with a toy gun and you know and, and like you said watching it watching that shit now considering what, you know where we are in this world in this country but most in this world but mostly in this country it was like. He looks at his gun, at his toy gun lovingly and says, I can't wait until I get a real one. And his fucking dad says, not until you're 12, son. That, okay, that sounds like Trump when uh, he was told that, no, you can't just set off a nuclear bomb because you want to see what happens. You remember they didn't talk about that? See, there's so much stuff. It's just, yeah, it's like, oh, it's just when you, when you think about the gravity of what we're, what, what we're experiencing now in this day and fucking age, the shit is scary as fuck. And now your girl is about, you know, I don't know how much I've been listening, how you've been listening to the show, Todd. But I was selected to be part of this. It's called through LA Forward, which is a progressive organization out here, to be part of their okay progressive campaign leadership academy, right? Oh, and so we had our, our first. Thank you. We had our first two meetings. So part of it is we're getting trained to work on progressive campaigns, especially because we're about to roll into the primary, and so we don't. We our next meeting is in. January, but between now and then, we have to pick a, a you know, we don't tell us which campaigns we have to work on, but they hope that we're working on something, you know, local, you know, city or county elections or what have you. And so I am, I'm going to, I'm trying to decide between which election I'm working on, if it's going to be Mithya Raman, who is a, my congressperson who I did not know. Was my congressperson, you know why I didn't know she was not, not my, I'm sorry, my city council person, because of redistricting. And now I was, I used to be in LA City, LA City District 5, now I'm in 4, because of redistricting that nobody knew about. It was part of, I don't know if you remember or if you heard about those horrible, vicious tapes that came out with the three city council members. And the head of LA Fed talking about redistricting and, um, you know, making, taking away uh, power from certain people, mostly black folks, and, and cutting out the districts and doing this in a way to, because in the city of Los Angeles, because it's so fucking expensive, basically, and this is not even an exaggeration, y'all. 70% of the population of the city of Los Angeles are renters. Now, let me let me say that to you. Let me say that again for those in the cheap seats 
and didn't hear what the fuck I just said. 70 goddamn percent of the residents of the city, I'm not even talking about the county, but the fucking city of Los Angeles are renters. So because of the 2022... How do you fund a city with, with only 30% of people being property owners? Because... Well, because the people who own the property that we're renting are, they have to pay property tax. Well, and you got to remember Prop 13, too. Right. That, that's been a, so, I mean, that's, he, been, that's, yeah, been that's, a, that's been a question since that was passed. Right. So, and Prop 13 sucked with, it, it was, and that was mostly for the schools, because if I don't have kids, why the hell should I pay for the school district? I said, because, motherfucker, you want to hope you want to pay for a decent education because these people that are going to school is going to have to take care of your ass one day. And if they don't have a decent education, then, oh, God. And now, and now we're beginning to feel the, the rippling effect of, you know, Prop 13 because of what's happening with our school district. And allowing, you know, and, and you know, allowing charter schools within L.A. Charter schools, and you know, I'm going on a tangent, but we all know that the school, charter schools are funded by, funded by money used for LAUSD. They don't have their own money. They siphon money from LAUSD. Okay. Right. Enough of that. So yeah, the whole, the, whole, the, whole charter, the, whole, the whole charter school con is just a way of taking taxpayer money and putting in putting it in corporate pockets. Yes, exactly. Fuck we're, you, Bill Gates. We're all on the same page with that. But and, and see, the pe- people who aren't maybe didn't thought it through, they think what they want to think. Maybe they don't understand that that just arose and debases the public school system. Because in addition, I, I worked. And that's charter. a feature, not a flaw, Todd. It's a feature. That's what they want. They want because remember these people got these are the same folks who in the south where I live they made these academies when they started to integrate. And they talk about that. Right. But no, no, we just make When they start having better. the you mean you we gotta turn our children with the we, they gotta go to school with the Negroes? Oh no. Right. And yeah, and that that's Negroes, the, you know, and most that's charter schools fail. That's the other thing. Most charter schools don't yeah. do well. I mean, the numbers don't. The, the numbers do not uh, reflect any, because they're not, any type they're of. They're not regulated. They're not Most regulated like schools, regular schools are. They get yeah, the money and run, and then leave a bunch of kids with no edu- without a decent education. But back to so back to the thing about the redistricting. So what they were talking about in those tapes was not only you know. You know, taking away the only we at that point there were three blacks. No, yeah, there were three black city council members that weren't under indictment at the time. Mark Willie Thomas, who has now you know been found guilty, and maybe those are federal charges. Good luck with the appeal. Um, and now we just had uh, earlier this year Karen um, um, Karen Price, um, who was a I don't think he, he I don't think he's been indicted yet. Um, and then we have, uh, Marquise, I can't think of his name. So basically now we only have two black city council members. So they were talking about taking away that power. And then they were also talking about taking away, shifting the, the, the main purpose of shifting the, the redistricting is to, 
to dilute the power of renters. Because this is what happens. So there's two um, women who were elected. Well, Katie Erskowski was elected in 2022, and Nithya Rahman was elected in 2020. Right, it, we're talking in the height of COVID. Um, she won her primary and all that, but she did. It, she had a whole different way of getting people. Both, mostly, she got renters, and we're talking in Silver Lake and all these places where there's a whole lot of money. And like Katie Erskowski, same thing. But they concentrated on you know co- building coalitions with renters. And stuff like that, because that's a, like I said, what? How many? What did I say? Percentage? Seventy percent of the residents that live, those that have housing, live in are live in rental property. So 70. what they've been doing now? So, so now they they've taken, you know, and added my city is Encino and Sherman Oaks into um, Nithya Raman's um, district. Because they figure, because there's less renters, most of the people who live, well, at least this is, and see, this is the funny part about this people assuming shit, because they figure, you know, especially in Encino and Sherman Oaks, there's a lot of single family homes, right? But they're not taking into account that a lot of the people who live in those single family homes are what? Renters! So this shit might backfire on them, which I'm really hoping. You know, and then, then, cause then we've got the whole DA race, cause I know you guys follow LA politics or you, or just at least, um, uh, progressive DAs who are talking about reformative justice and, you know, no cash bail. So, uh, our DA, George Gaffone, is up for re-election as well. And that's a whole nother conversation. But bottom line, he's a progressive. He is about restorative justice. He's one of the reasons why I did not have, once I got all my paperwork filed, that I had no, no, no roadblocks to getting my record expunged. Because even though SB 731 is a state law, that's basically part of the whole clean slate laws that have been passed in the last couple of years, you still have to have the DA sign off on it. And if the DA is from, I don't know, like Orange County, or anything like where up in northern, you know, Ooh, like where Orange County. I don't you know, know I, Mississippi County, you know, California. So, yeah. Mississippi yep. County, Cal- Mississippi County, California. So even though it is a state law, does that mean that the various and sundry DAs across the state of California in their counties are going to do their best to not so much enforce, not enforce the law, but implement the law? So, but you know what I, but what's scary is, you know how you think there's people in your life that are on the same page as you because of their politics? And for the most part, they are. So I was having a conversation with a couple of people who I, I really value their opinion. And so I was telling them about the academy and how I haven't decided I said that I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to work on George Gaston's campaign or the Aramis, you know, or if I can, you know, um, split my time between the two of them because these are very crucial campaigns because 
the person that's running against Nipia, he's being endorsed by the police union. We don't want him. And he he pulled a Rick Caruso. He's been he just he just um, registered as a Democrat literally right before he filed his papers to run for office. So anyway, when I said that I wanted to vote, you know, work with those, you know, and they're like, well, you know, I don't know about George Stone. and I'm like, well, he's going to lose anyway, and I, I it, it took me aback. Because they asked me why, and I told them, right? And then I said, well, if you're not voting for George, if you're not voting for George Gascombe, then who are you voting for? They didn't answer, okay? And then the next one was... um the, 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 Senate, the, the senators, you know, the Senate race between, um, you know, out here between Katie Porter and Adam Schiff and Barbara Lee. Unfortunately, Barbara Lee doesn't have an ice cube's chance in hell of making it out of the primary. Um, it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be between Katie Porter and Adam Schiff. Unless, you know, I don't even want to put out what could possibly happen. But those are the two front runners. And Adam Schiff, before he even announced, had a $32 million war chest because he's the heir, you know, he was the heir apparent because Diane Feinstein gave him her blessing. So we both know I'm not, you guys know who I'm voting for. And I said Katie Porter and they got quiet. So I'm like, because of those kind of Democrats, it just, I, you know what I mean? It's like you, you say you're progressive, but you're really not. Or you're progressive light. I don't know. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm seeing things that I didn't expect to see, but I did get to meet George Gaston. I even have a picture with him. And I shook his hand and I told him, I'm, you know, thank you for what you're doing for the city of the county of Los Angeles. And I hope, you know, you have another term to, to continue to work. I actually also met um, Mike Bonin, whose son was the, the subject of the, the, the horrific racist things when they, what they called him um, at the time. And so he's also working with us to teach us about how, what it is to work on a campaign and stuff like that. Well, well are, are you seeing yourself getting involved in, in, in the politics? Like, like, you know, because that's how it happens. Like, you know, you start off, people get to know you, then then you get, a you know, some walk, some wham, some walking around money, and you get people around you, you know. Or, and, oh, yeah, uh, no. This is, you know, this is something that I never knew I wanted to do, but now I do. Because it's never about the po- politicians don't get shit done. They're just a tool to use to help pe- for people like me to, to to use to get what we need done and to help right change policy and shit like that because we we bear we put pressure to you know we put pressure on these motherfuckers to do the right thing. So um, it's mm. it's 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 something I don't because I know I can influence people. I know I can persuade people. I've been asked on a couple of occasions to run for office, but we all know I don't play nice with others. 
And we all know that if I was on, if I was on one of those, you know, the subject of a hearing, like my girl, like my sister, Dr. Gay of Harvard, you know, I would have bitch slapped somebody. And so I don't want to go to jail. I, I, I need to stay in my lane and just be in the background and, and try to influence policy and help, and mostly try to persuade people to vote. That's what I need. My that's, that's the skill that I want to hone. That is my going to be my superpower because I'm watching all these, you know, like I heard the recording earlier of, of, of Reverend Al and talk, you know, getting in people's faces and saying, motherfuckers, and I'm going to say, motherfuckers, what the fuck is wrong with you? See, this is why I can't run for office because I I love the I love saying motherfucker too much, and there's going to be a hot mic somewhere, and I don't want to get in trouble. But you got to own it. Yeah, I said that because I I meant it. That's yeah, what, I said that's that how shit. you do that. And I meant it. That's I what did, I used to do. Did I stutter? <laughs> it's like right. it's like I just said. Did I stutter? No. I did well, not stutter. I said yeah. what I said, and I'm, I'm owning that shit. Right. But the thing what is, and, and right. you have to ask these people. You have to ask these people. Like I asked the, the young lady that is helping us train um, daily, and I asked her, do you vote? And she's like, if I find somebody that I'd like to vote for, and I'm like, she's a millennial, so Father forgives her, but she knows not what she does. Uh, and I asked her, and I said, well. not good on the millennials. <laughs> No, I'm not booming on. I said, I said, you know, the thing is, and it's not just millennials. Since we both know that it's, it's, oh it's no, getting, no, it's, 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 no, I, no, it's, I, I get it, I get it, and it, it's so, it's, it's so frustrating to me. You know, older populations tend to vote more vigorously, and maybe they've forgotten what it was like to be in the middle of trying to raise a family, but. It, right. They they do. They I mean, my grandmother was a poll worker until she couldn't poll work no more. Same with aunts and right. Yeah. But by the same token, I'm awful. I'm I'm just oh god, I get so tired, Tracy, of people. You well, you know, I'll, I I'm I'll vote for the one I want to. I think I'd like to have a beer with. A beer with. Or it's California, maybe a. Cool glass of Chardonnay. Oh no! I was I knew you were gonna say that. We drink beer out here, bitch. Don't trip. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it, I'd rather tra- have a glass. You know, I'd rather have a beer yeah. than a glass of wine. To tell you the truth. I'm so just sick to my soul of hearing about Biden's old. Jesus. What should he be sent to a farm upstate where he can run and play outside as much as he wants to? Right. You know, when we when we fucking internalize right wing memes, it drives me well past bananas. Biden's old. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, God love you. You should live so old, old as Biden. You know. And when Not you and, that and, you should live as, as long as Biden. And when you, you get, have your whole faculties with you. Yeah, and when you get there. And people are saying, well, don't you think it's time to slow down, Grandma? No. 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 You know, there's that old meme that because, says see, the, pur- look, look. the purpose of life is not to die and leave a 
good-looking corpse, the purpose of life is to skid into the grave with a cigarette in one finger, in one hand, and a martini in the other, yelling, "What a fucking ride!" I, I have a question. right. Because see, what, uh, what, what, Todd, what? Todd, go. I, I'm just in the midst of in the midst of all this pertinent conversation about our our American political mm, situation right now. Is it true that the former president, who is actually the front runner for one of the parties, is it actually true that that individual is out on bail in two different jurisdictions as we speak? No, that is not mm-hmm. true. Is it only one or is it three? No, baby, it's four. And being it's sued four. in a couple of other ones. And got burned. Four. And got burnt to the ground by Judge Engoron today. Oh, my heavenly days. I missed the... But that's, have, that's a scandal. That's a standalone scandal. The former president is out on motherfucking bail like a common criminal in four jurisdictions. With 91 like counts of indictments. Mm-hmm. 90 fucking one. Okay. 91. Oh, and by, the, and by the way, by, by the way... Uh, by the way, Ruby Freeman announced today that uh, uh, they will be going back after Rudy again for his defamatory remarks of a week ago today during his trial because that wasn't covered by the $148 million judgment. But like I said, uh, uh, Julius Geezer got reduced to ashes today in uh, uh, the fraud trial. Judge Goron. Uh, wrote an opinion, and he, you know the $900,000 expert that they brought in to say, no, those are great documents. And Goron wrote, Bartov, and that's what his name was, Eli Bartov from NYU, uh, he picked up a cool 900 grand or so for being willing to say ridiculous things on Nitwit Nero's behalf, because there's an expert for something. I hope he got paid up first. Bartov is a tenured professor, said Ngoron, but all that his testimony proves is that for a million or so dollars, some experts will say whatever you want them to say. And then he and then he went and then he went after Nitwit Nero's pettifoggers, claiming that there was a statute of limitations problem. Uh, again, and he said that the instant lenders made millions of dollars and were happy with the transactions does not mean that they were not damaged by lending at lower interest rates than they otherwise would have. And then mm-hmm. and then he went to Trump's statements themselves, you know, under oath, in court, and said uh, uh, what he had said on the stand oh. were misstatements at best and fraud at worst, and a lie is still a lie. And Letitia James, meanwhile, uh, her team responded to his motion for dismissal again. Uh, he, you know, the pettifoggers mm-hmm. moved to dismiss the case again, and she said, uh, uh, "This latest motion was designed Good to well. provide. This latest motion was designed to provide Mr. Trump, his co-defendants, and their counsel with sound bites for press conferences, Truth Social posts, and cable news appearances." Oh, and oh, she. She is an angry black lady at this point, and I'm so here for it. She said, 
unlike a fine Bordeaux, defendant's case for a direct <sighs> unlike a fine Bordeaux, defendant's case for a directed verdict does not improve with age. I kind of wish there. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of wish there was a drag queen on the on the on the AG team so that they could have chimed in and said, "Bitch, go brush your hair." Oh. And 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 we are moving and we are moving into the end of the program. So this needs to be brought up with him blathering away over the weekend about poisoned blood. It's worth at least noting. That, um, you know, he has four, five kids. He's got five kids. And, and four. And three out, baby mama, right? First of all. Three, three baby mamas and five kids. And of those five kids, four out of five of them have that poisoned blood he was talking about because, uh, Trader Tot and Eric the Dumber and Precious Princess Iwanka, my daddy Trump Kushner, are all from Ivana, who was a, a foreigner. And then there's uh, mm-hmm. uh, then there's Baron. Baron, who also has poisoned blood, according to his daddy, because you know melanoma came here on a genius grant. And had the nerve to show up at an immigration and naturalization ceremony last week. And then her hubby went out and started bitching and moaning and pissing and railing about immigrants poisoning the blood of America. When the only American blood here belongs to people who are members of indig- you know, truly American indigenous society- uh, cultures. And I'm pretty sure that Nitwit Nero, and then Nitwit Nero himself is the son of a man who was a first-generation American, his daddy being German, and a mama who was an immigration cheat when she came from uh, that muddy hoofprint gene pool on an island in Scotland and overstayed her welcome. The only child that doesn't have poisonous blood, the only one is the child that he had with Marla Maples and about whose breasts he commented when she was three months old. Hopefully she'll have a great rack like her mama. And that's little Tiffania. I just threw up a little in my mouth. Of course, but then again, he was specific about it, Tracy, Todd, because he said uh, the immigrants coming from Asia and Africa. Well, at least he didn't say shithole countries. Like he did a few years ago. Those those little victories. He's gotten better, but then he. You know, so I don't, it's like, so speaking of, you know, tainted, you know, tainted blood. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, oh. 
tainted blood. Um, okay, anyway. So, now let's get to e, 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 what do you call them? Leon Scum? Leon Scum, yes. Jeff Bezos and, and yes. saying that we need millions of, how many more babies? But he ain't talking about, you know, because in those babies, at least, you know, we have, we might get a Mozart. As long but, as, yeah, okay, as, so, as, as long as there's, so as long as there's cis and het and white. And white. And, oh, speaking of racks, this girl's walking past me who I know those are not real. Now anyway, you quit that. Her brother. Don't don't Look, don't you don't you don't you, a, no, don't you be doing the them, them fake boobs thing. No, uh uh-uh. uh. You you in LA, uh, latex it, area. Ooh, latex area. It, you know, ooh. I mean she could probably float. <laughs> I mean they weigh more I could look at them and they weigh more than she does. Okay, anyway, back to that. To Leon Scum and his homeboy um Bezos. It's like, so, like you said, they they want more babies, and only that's because they want to, you know, make America white again. But the thing is, so you want all of those people to have all these babies, uh, where's going to be, the, where comes going to be the money for the, for the health care, for the, the, you know, the prenatal health care for the birthing person? What, where going to be the health care for the, the baby once the baby's born? Where is gonna where the money gonna come from to educate their babies when the babies are born? Are you gonna make sure that the uh, mommies have or birthing persons and their and their partners have you know um, uh, what is it uh, living wage and affordable ha- and safe and clean affordable housing? Uh, you know these little things. And maybe if Leon Scum and Jeff Bezos and the and the Waltons and all these other rich motherfucking corporations actually pay their share in taxes. Maybe we could take make sure that you know they had people had a guaranteed wage, people had health, access to health care and access to you know affordable housing that wasn't a you know uh, as a slum and you know, these little things. You know, how dare I care about stuff? You know, oh, God, that's right. I'm a fucking socialist commie pinko. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, Thank just, just, just uh, well, no, I can't do that because nobody will hear it. Um, oh. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I do have a couple of, I do have a couple of happy things I want to bring up because, Tracy, you were the first one to mention the uh, uh, Moms for Liberty with her lesbicious activity. <laughs> You, you know that makes me smile every time I hear it. Mm. <laughs> well, so I've got I've got audio here, and you both should be able to hear it. Everybody should be able to hear it because it's beautiful, and I love it. And Ralph sent it along, and oh golly, it just uh, just gives me joy. So, uh, one of the founders of the Brown Skirts, Moms for Liberty. Um, attacked an individual for his sexual immorality because he's a member of the LGBTQ plus community. He responded, and I must say, magnificently. Hold on. Bridget, our first ever interaction was when you retweeted a hate article about me from The Nationalist while I was a Sarasota County school student. 
You are a reminder that some people view politics as a service to others, while some view it as an opportunity for themselves. On this board, you have spent public funds that could have been used to increase teacher pay, to change our district lines for political gain, remove books from schools, target trans and queer children, erase black history, and elevate your political career, all while sending your children to private schools because you do not believe in the public school system that you've been leading. My question is why doesn't an elected official using our money to harm our students and our teachers for her gain seem to matter as much to us as her having a threesome does? Bridget Ziegler, you do not deserve to be on the Sarasota County School Board, but you do not deserve to be removed from it for having a threesome. That defeats the lesson we've been trying to teach you, which is that a politician's job is to serve their community, not to police personal lives. So, to be extra clear, Bridget, you deserve to be fired from your job because you are terrible at your job. Ooh! Not because you had sex with a woman. Do we love that? Do we love that? We love that. Mm, mm, mm. Yes! That's wild. You deserve to be fired yeah. because you're shitty at your job, not because of who you're fucking. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, just keep uh, just to keep up with some other news, um, since we spent so much time dealing with uh, Israel. I'm from the south. Southern <laughs> Israel. Yeah, Israel. Uh, Israel. Israel. Mika, Mika was not taking any shit today. And but. But they, they at one point in time they actually interviewed Monkey Up DeClantis, and then once he was off air, just you know, burnt him to ash too. But Monkey Up doesn't like the questions about the poison blood stuff, and he still can't get a he 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 he's such a little weasel that he can't say that anything that Daddy Trump does is absolutely wrong. So they asked him about the poisoning the bloodline, and this is what happened. I don't know what this means with the blood stuff. I know people are trying to draw historical illusions. I don't know if that's what he meant, but here's the thing we need to do as Republicans. We need a nominee who's going to be able to press the case against Biden's failures without getting involved in and in, in stepping in it or, or, or doing things that are going to divert attention. Because now the media is focused on what did he mean by that instead of focusing on why Biden is failing. You dipshit. Nobody's focusing or lost or not understanding what he meant by that. Everybody but you knows he's a goddamn fascist monkey up. And the only reason you don't know is because you're a fascist too, you and your little white go-go boots. Casey, don't put him any more go-go boots, honey. Don't do it. It makes your it makes your little hubby look even littler. And mm. now we have now we have news that one of his uh, one of Monkey Up's campaign organi- organizers um, has been arrested for her participation in the domestic terror attack of January 6, twenty twenty one. Barbara Bal uh, Balmas, excuse me, Barbara Balmaceda of Miami Lakes, Florida. Uh, can be seen on closed circuit video entering the Capitol building via the Senate wing door at approximately 2.16 p.m., just four minutes after rioters initially breached the building. 
According to the allegations, when Balmaceda entered the building, broken glass was scattered on the ground and an alarm blared near the doorway. After entering the Capitol, Balmaceda made her way toward the crypt and pushed her way to the front of a crowd of rioters who were... That would be terrorists. ...who were confronting a police line. The mob eventually overran the police line and proceeded into the crypt. Balmaceda moved forward, joined a crowd of rioters, and headed toward an area known as the OA, uh, OAP Corridor, where another line of officers initially blocked the hallway. The officers eventually backed away, and the rioters, including Balmaceda, continued to move forward. She was arrested December 14th. She's 23 years old. She was charged with obstruction of an official proceeding, along with entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly and disruptive conduct, in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly conduct in a capital building or grounds, and parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a... Uh, Capitol building, and she was there to overturn the election. And she's been an or- she's been an organizer for Monkey Up, and she's also a uh, former intern for uh, the man whom Nitwit Nero referred to as Whittle Marco Rubio. But. Oh. And remember, he's such a Christian. And uh, just just because I, it's Moran Monday, and Moran Mondays have Morans in them. Uh, the maggots are triggered, y'all. You remember melanomas, stark, weird, Tim Burton-esque even? Uh, White House decorations for Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Yes. You mean Christmas in Transylvania? Transylvanian Christmas, yes. Well, uh, the Durant's Dance Company performed a tap routine to a jazz rendition of the Nutcracker Suite. uh, And it was part of Jill Biden's decorating of the White House. And it's it's mm-hmm. it's an adorable dance number. I mean, just to I mean, I got got the video here. Won't mean much on the radio, but White House hallway decorated in candy cane themes. People in costumes. And it's Nutcracker theme. Big, splashy production number. And you know what? The maggots are losing their minds. There's another hallway filled with white, lighted, beautiful, sparkling Christmas trees. A nutcracker dancing with a sugar plum fairy. I mean, you can hear the tap. It's really fun. And, like I said, the maggots are losing it. Because... The Sugar Plum Fairy, as well as the Nutcracker Boy, are black. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
and 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 and, and uh, uh, the little girl in the Nutcracker, also black. <laughs> and uh, Amanda Marcotte wrote about it at Salon. And uh, she said, this should be seen as part of the larger MAGA project to categorize increasing amounts of culture as woke and therefore forbidden. They're gradually reducing the amount of contact Trumpists have with the outside world until the only entertainment they're allowed is old Donald Trump speeches. Little cowbell for Amanda Marcotte. But she said, it's all why... As silly as this right-wing rage over a harmless tap dance video may be, still important to take note of it. This is part of the larger and growing culture war aimed at rewriting American culture in their own image while erasing the way immigration, racial diversity, and queerness have shaped it. It, it was a tap dance number. Why can't they, they, just, they just go through life? I don't understand this. You know, like like Megan Kelly. You know, oh, Santa can't be black. Oh, I guess she never knew it was a black saint. There were black saints. No, this ignorance. Yeah. Well, Amanda Marcotte said it's plain bigotry. The first smiling face we see in the video is a black woman. Throughout the video, many of the dancers read as people of color and queer people. Plus, the music is jazz, not classical. We are apparently at that point in fascist development where they reject syncopated rhythms as decadent and emasculating. I would love that. That there would be nothing but delightful. And you know what? Kind of like jazz. Excuse me, Robin. And Tracy, it's just a fact that Amer- that jazz is one of the true American art forms. Yes. Period. I mean, that it might be the only. We we in, we invented it, and by we, I mean Black Americans. Amer- right, Americans, Black Amer- Right, it came from here. It came from this 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 gumbo that we have over here. You know, these people are ridiculous. Ooh, speaking man. of gumbo, I'm making it Uh, Let's see, Maggots described it as weird, grotesque, and abhorrent, classless, and Chaya Ratchik said it should have come with a sensitivity label. Damn! And then, and remember, everybody's clothed, it's Christmas, it's tap dancing. Uh, a, A maggot named Bridget Gabriel said... Children should not be watching this smut. Wait, tap dancing is now considered smut? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of triggering white people, so there's a new movie coming out next year called... Uh, the American Association Society of, of Magical Negro. Yes. Since we all know the magical Negro trope is, you know, that black person that makes white people feel good about themselves, you know, like Bagger Vance and uh, the Green Mile and, 
you know, driving this Daisy and the hell and uh, uh, what's the other one? Did I say the Green Mile already? Yeah. And so, yes. so and our boy, my boy David Allen Greer is in it. And basically, so it is literally a society to help white people, feel, you know, to make, make white people, keep white people comfortable because the tagline is, and this is why the, the maggots are getting all upset, is because we have to keep white people comfortable because when white people aren't comfortable about black people, black people die or something along those lines. And of course, the, the white folks are all triggered. <laughs> oh my gosh, people—they're making they're thinking we're terrible people. So yeah, Tracy, so because a lot of folks don't understand the burden that, that it's like you know, it's hard just being yourself. It's like you, you have to think about well, other people's sensibilities. And, you know, at my age, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, if you get your feelings hurt, then, you you know, you don't get out enough. It's not my problem. Don't make my problem your problem. As the hip kids say, young, as the hip kids say hmm? touch grass. Touch grass. You know, smoke grass. Maybe you'll be better off. Because this, this dancing around, this, this nonsense, it does no one any any service. It's a disservice. And it further, uh, you know. It, it, it further it makes the situation worse, Tracy. And, and I know, and, and Robin has to go. And, but Tra- Tracy, I, I heard I don't know what day it was, but it was mm, it was last week because this is Monday when you were describing um, a patron that you had, for lack of a better term, or a couple, and you were trying to explain, like you know, no, the luggage can't go there. Because, you know, I mean, that's, first of all, that's just common sense. You don't put, you know, uh, 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 possible impalement objects behind you in a car. When you hit the brakes, it's going to go forward and hit somebody in the head. And, and, and the way you explained it, you were trying to let, you know, inform them. And like you said, you know, I'm a professional. I do this. It's like black people constantly, we have to explain simple shit. Like, this is what we, this is what I do. I don't care if, if you have a problem, you're stereotyping me because I'm black and you never saw a black person. I don't know, be a historian. I don't know, be a researcher or whatever, a surgeon, you know. Don't come in here and try to tell me my fucking job. Do you think I'd fucking be here if I didn't know what I was doing? Ta-da. Right. You, do you understand what I'm saying, Tracy? Oh, she's gone. Tracy gone? No, Tracy's there. She's still connected. Oh. Okay. Sorry, well, I'm anyway, sorry. she's. Stuck. I'm like, I forgot to. No, no, no. Just you know how we have to. When you said about surgeons and stuff, I said, but baby, no, they still question that because, of course, if you're a surgeon or somebody in, uh, you know, edge. Then obviously you're a diversity hire because of quotas. It's not because you know what you're fucking doing. It's because we had to, you know, we had to do quotas to get our federal funding or whatever the fuck we have to do. So we gotta hire the Negro. So Robin, I sent you the um, the clip, and if you, you have if you have a couple of minutes to play it, you have to play it because it just says, you know, that racist trope about 
black people having to make white people comfortable. And I had a friend the other day, uh, we were, I was in a workshop a while ago, and this is what I keep telling white people. And if you truly plan on being an ally, be an ally to me because I'm black and I'm woman and I'm queer, being an ally to my girl, our girl Robin because she is a transgender. But no, she's a fucking woman. Get over it, motherfuckers. You got them fucking pieces of shit, turf. Okay, I'm sorry. You have to be comfortable, become comfortable in your discomfort. Period. Ooh. Because the bottom line is, I don't have time for you not to to be uncomfortable. We have work to fucking do. And you people with your discomfort, like, and I'm specifically talking to the people, well, they're not listening to the show anymore, or they are no longer contributing to the show because Robin is now living her authentic self because she's talking about that trans stuff. She is talking about who she is and what she has to go through to be who she is. And God damn it, if she had to become who she is, we would not have her anymore because it was a matter of life. And motherfucking death before she, and so she could become who she is. Get over your shit. Put on your big girl draws or your big boy draws, and let's get to work. Okay, I'm done. And this is why I can't run for office. Preach, preacher. That's right. Get over yourself. Quit that fucking whining, and don't. And also. The whole, you know, getting comfortable, uh, comfortable in your discomfort. When a black person tells you what you said or what you do was racist or bigoted, I did not say that you are. I said what you did. Now, if you if you can't handle that, then you need to do some self-examination because maybe you are racist. Maybe you are a bigot. And again. Not my problem. Maybe, somebody yeah, like maybe, Robin or, may, or somebody. Maybe, maybe, and maybe it just happens to exist. You know, nobody, no baby is born hating. But if you are part no. of the so-called, but if, but if you are part of the so-called dominant culture, it's going to be almost impossible not to internalize at least a little bit. And the trick is recognizing it and oh. cleansing and cleansing yourself of it. I mean, look, and, come and on. I spent, the, I spent the first 18 years of my life in Alabama. I'm not going to sit here and say that I, I was part of some special, uh, uh, enlightened enclave where certain words were never spoken. They were damned well spoken. Every day. But I did, Every but hour I, on the hour, probably. But I did have parents who taught me that it was an ugly word, and it was a word that decent people did not use, and it was a word that good people did not use. Definitely. So, Tracy, you're entirely Ooh. right. You know, uh, and Jude just wrote in with a with a trenchant comment. I said, I get tired of hearing that Biden is old at 80. Jude said, well, now, our dear friend Mike Malloy is 81, and I rest my case. I hear you, Robin, on every single plane. I'll be 76 on my next birthday, and I feel, and feel the ether of life flowing through me. Wink emoji. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit younger, Jude, but the funny thing about accessing my authenticity is I feel half my age. I don't feel old. Yeah, 
Old is not a feeling. Old is a number, a calculation a based upon averages, but it is also a state of mind. If you tell yourself you are, you fucking will be. You, you've got that burden off your back, number one. I mean, who? Yeah. You know, who wants walking around in a costume? All that? I mean, a costume is fun at Halloween, but hmm, it's not sustainable. Well, it's like that Back to the Edge thing. I got a fucking late start, y'all. I didn't really start coming into myself until the last five or ten years, bitches. I, I got. I need to stick around. How old am I? Fifty-seven. I got to stick around for at least another fifty, because I got to see the, <laughs> the fruits of my labor. So you know. If, if a motherfucker rolls up on me and says, well, you know, you're 57, and what? What? Uh, that's right. Do you there, really no, 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 but there, there are moments. There are moments. And I'm, in, I'm forever grateful to, for instance, Annette, who from time to time, especially early on, said, you are a 57-year-old woman, and you are not walking out of this house dressed like that. Because because I had heard I had heard that I'd heard, I had heard her say that to our daughters too, and it's not a it's it's about a little bit of dignitas, a little bit of self respect, mm-hmm. but sometimes and not walk around but I but see I don't think I don't I, well sometimes I think I think I think if a sixty year old woman has the legs for it by God wear the fucking mini skirt yes. See, I'm 57. I know not no not only do I not have the legs for it, I do not have the waistline, the back side. Well, I have still my ass is still pretty bad, pretty damn badass, I have to say. But the rest of the shit, nah. I, I'm I, as a matter of fact, the more as I you know traverse into, especially going to parties and stuff like that, I'm gonna have to get a stylist because I got I I really know how I want to dress. I no longer, I haven't worn a pair of heels since Jen and I have been, well, actually I tried it one day and I'm like, oh no. But I, I figured out my, 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 my arm, my suit of armor is not, not so much palazzo pants, but a white, a, a white leg, white, um, bottom pant with a t-shirt, not a t-shirt because I love my t-shirts that have sayings on them like practice radical empathy. Uh, you know, or, uh, you know, bring on a matriarchy or what have you. And, you know, a, a crisp white shirt or what have you and a blazer and a fedora. That is my look. That is who I'm going to be. And like for going to party, I will be wearing pants and like, uh, not straight up like a tailor. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Uh, no, I love me. I've got a couple of pairs of Palazzo pants and I love them, especially like in warm weather when you want to, you know, if you want to wear long pants, that it's hot, and you no because they're loose, they're blousy, they're flowing, the you know they'll 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 almost pick up a breeze like a skirt does. I gotta be careful. I can't do do really wide palazzo pants because I'm not tall enough. I'm not I'm not a tall person. I'm not short by any means, but it's just you're not an you, I need to be a couple. I'm not an oompa and back to go see Wonka. I'm not an oompa loompa, but I'm not an NBA, a WNBA player. I am. I am. I am. I am, so, I am presently trying to talk Annette into going to see "It's a Wonderful Life" with me at the movie theater. 
that left with that. I know. You might go see it. It'd be fine. I mean, but Walker, I'm telling you guys, you guys, I'm telling you, I, I just, and just, oh, and to also see, I think the best parts of the movie, because it's OG version and even the new, ver- new version, there were no black folks. Okay, and I did oh. not like the Oompa Loompa in the Johnny Depp version. Uh, but in uh, the new version, it looks like, hey, there's black people, there's Asian people, there's other sorts of people because I don't know. representation matters. In a and, and the fact that the, 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 main, the main person after the shop, you know, Salome, is a little black girl. With natural hair, and she's dark skinned. So that gave that made me smile even more. Oh, and, somewhere, oh, some, somewhere, yeah, all, somewhere out there, a maggot is, I'm sure, incredibly butthurt. Maybe Chaya Raitchik can take a, a a run at it. That horrible, horrible creature. Right. And then I also saw. Not Todd. Go what? Okay. I was just like I'm. I'm. I'm Tracy, you, I mean that's that's you're, you're making the, the point, the golden point. It, it comes that that's about all the stuff, most of the stuff we've been talking about. It's like whoever feels like they're the dominant person, class, race, ethnicity, whatever, you got to do it their way or it's not the right way. And it's like, well, what about us? It's like we don't say we don't. I mean, my, if we complained about every little thing, we, nothing would get done. You know how many movies when Tracy and I were growing up, you see a whole fucking movie. Not one black extra, no nothing. And you know, we're like, okay, well, we you know what else is new. I mean, but it's not healthy, but you have to understand what you're looking at. But you see, if if you if you don't have parents around you or people who tell you you can only internalize so much of this because you know this is fake. You see, because on a le- a level that you may not be a, be conscious of, it makes a difference. And see, there's a lot of things that we absorb that we don't even know we're absorbing. Yeah. But once again, Tracy, you know, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because as an adult, I'm like, damn, there wasn't one black person in that movie. And I don't dwell on it. I'm just making an observation like that. You have to go out of your fucking way. Which way? Which movie? Which movie? Any movie. (laughs) Pick a movie. Any movie. Wait, wait. This is what I I start playing these games now when I watch classic movies, (laughs) which I still love. Okay? And I'm like, how white is this movie? This movie is so fucking white. Even the servants are white. Okay? Even the ser- <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, that's not even, real. Now, you know damn fucking, well. Even the fucking help is white. Come on. You know, this is Birmingham. Uh, uh, you know, they did, they did not jokes. have black trash men in Birmingham. They were all black. So why, why? No, no. Okay, I got to interject for a minute just because I've got a cowbell to award because this one kind of slipped past me. That's for Emilio. Because back when I was talking about my moms and my aunts being poll workers until they couldn't anymore, Emilio wrote and said, Wasn't melanoma also a poll worker? Not saying, just saying. And not a, and, and not a North Pole worker. Oh, damn, 
Oh, you know. that, ooh, that oh. was a righteous bird. It wasn't it? I mean, I, I, I got could... I got third degree bird just yeah. listening to it. Now, before we go, I gotta have a moment. I gotta have a food porn <clears throat> moment, Todd. Uh oh. I I have moved into soup Uh-oh. season. Until until those four screws finally arrive and I can put my smoker together, it's cold, it's wet, it's gray, it's miserable, it's crummy. the The wet goes all the cold wet goes all the way to the bone, like we were talking about. Yeah. And so I've been making soup. I did the uh, I did I did the asparagus bisque a few weeks ago. I did the chicken stew. I did the oxtail soup, and this weekend soup was just a simple, humble potato soup and cornbread. Oh, yeah. <sighs> was it cheese potato soup or just potato soup? Uh, it was my potato soup. I mean, <laughs> no, there, I mean, you, 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 gar- no, you, you garnish with you shredded cheese. You garnish with shredded cheese. Okay. You garnish. And yeah, I did. And with I, the broth. Well, you, oh. And I took it, I took it, I used... I mean, it was like a, it was a big pot of soup. Um, something on the order. Let's see. There was a pint of heavy cream. Oh, you made the real soup. Okay. Oh, uh, a quarter, half and half. And, Damn. And a gallon. You made a cauldron. You didn't make a pot. You made a cauldron. And a, and a, and a half a gallon of Fairlife whole milk. And. That's not bad milk. Huh? Start for selling. I said Fairlife has the best milk. Oh yes, they do, and <laughs> and it does. Their whole milk tastes like half and half. Yeah, and their two percent tastes like whole milk, and their skim milk tastes like two percent. What I brand mean, is that? Fairlife. I never had it. And the best Good part. Word. And the best part is, they've taken the lactose out of it. Uh oh. So people who are lactose intolerant. Happy, yeah. happy, happy, happy. Yeah. It was real milk. It was, it, and so I sautéed onions and and celery, and mm. made my made a beautiful blonde roux. It's got this gorgeous gold, and it's just a very light golden color to it, and it's smooth and creamy. And I I took it, I, I took little, uh, I took little, you know, eight ounce cartons of it around to my friends, and took some to my daughter, and. And that had mm-hmm. some, and I'm, and oh, it's good, God, and and with the cornbread, please. Well, uh, and but well, next I week, next week, I've all, yeah. What's this week? Next week. Next week. I've never, I've never done this before, but I'm looking forward to it because it's just going to be comforting and warm and wonderful in cold weather. Next week is going to be cabbage roll soup. Oh, bitch. It's got all the same ingredients as cabbage oh, rolls, and it's and, and, and the the beautiful marriage of flavors, and I'm stoked about that. Well, you you know what? Well, it, it, real quick, it'll be spring, Robin, and and you won't have to worry about your sads. <sighs> and I got a really quick food point moment as well. So Jan did a roast the other day that I wasn't particularly happy with, and neither was she. So today I did hash, so you know, sauteed the onions 
and the garlic, and then I, you know, and then I threw in the potatoes, sauteed those until they got a little soft, and threw in the meat with more garlic and more onion, and you know, brought it to a boil, and then reduced it and let the bitches sweat. Girl, yeah. <gasps> heavenly. All this good food. You know, you just got you peopled. Huh? We just got you peopled by Todd. Oh, we did. Oh, yeah, we, you, you, <laughs> we got you peopled. I heard that shit. Thank you. You just you people, me. Hey, uh, Motherfucker. I live on Hauser Street. Wow, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I live on Hauser Street. Get out. <laughs> oh, Close the bastard. door behind you. But no, sis. But sis, <laughs> you guys, please, if, you know, hopefully tomorrow if you get a chance to play the clip for the American Society of the Magic of Magical Negroes. I don't have it here. You, and like I said. Where did you send I, it? I thought I sent it to a text. To... I thought I sent it to you. No, I don't, I don't have any text from you. I'm looking at it. Maybe it just didn't go through yet. But, no, I sent it. Because I sent you, yeah, it's like justice, you know, and and the white people are already crying. It's for you, for instance, because. Oh, <laughs> yeah, what Dan say is, is going to hurt before it gets to Robin. Yeah, that's what's happening. You know. We're comfortable with black people. It's a real okay around them. Why do people? Why do you people feel like we don't like you? Maybe because when you walk into, I walk into a room and there's a bunch of white people there. Everything stops. I, I have literally walked into rooms, y'all. Like and everything, I feel like I felt like Sheriff Bart in Blazing Saddles when he walks into the the saloon. And everything stopped. Mm. That has literally mm. happened to me. Yo, it's look so back. Look back at how the blade, look. Look, man. You know what? All of us. We're all around the same age. And I, I really firmly believe now. I, I can say this now with, with confidence. I mean, in my my opinion, is that we have moved backwards a lot. We, it's gonna. It, we had, It's gonna be a while before we can move forward. We have lost so much ground now. I, I when I when I heard that that uh, exit exit percentage of a certain demographic believes that uh, the Holocaust was never happened. I mean, what in the hell is that? I mean, we, but see, and and and, I, we, and, and I'm going I'm going to get off because I know Robin wants to go, but we need to. Th- and I heard I heard that people who get paid a lot of money, you know, six figures a year. And they attributed it to the wrong entity. And it was Deutsch. Not that I hate, not that I dislike him or hate him. I'm just saying that even though he made his money doing brands and this and that, maybe he's not as bright as he thinks he is. It's not because of universities. Universities are just educating people and their kids are learning things that did not know before. It's always been that way. It's always been a bastion of free, free thinking. What it is, is this asshole bullshit social media. People are getting news from what they think is news from YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. It's not news. Even on YouTube, they have some, it's mixed in. They have verified that are historical documentaries that are true. You know, they're mostly true. But anybody can put anything out there. Just because it's on the Internet doesn't mean it's true. 
and and people have been it all i think a lot of this shit started way back uh with the moon landing stuff uh i mean it, it goes it goes back pretty far but at the beginning of the internet now we had these middle-aged people who don't really know that much about mm, cyberspace you know they just get online they don't look at the url they don't pay attention to anything like that and now we've got all these people that are going to vote for what is clearly a mentally ill fascist. And he he probably, if he's around, if he's around, if he makes it, he will win because of the Electoral College. Because if it's neck and neck, they, they're, they are, they're always ahead by 10 points. That's a given because of the Electoral College and redistricting. So you can factor that into the equation. So whenever you say, whenever they say, oh, it's, you know, it's neck and neck, or is he just ahead by two? We need to be ahead by 12% to win in any poll, and we're not, and it's a fucking problem. But it's it's early now, and I'm going to get off the phone, but I'm telling you, mark my words, we, we, have, we have to be ahead by 12%. And look at these polls. Look at the plus or minus confidence interval. You know, any anything anything more than... 3.5, 3.6, that's garbage. And you, yeah, you're getting into trash pulled. territory. Yes. Yes. Because that means, like, for a real poll, you have to have a 1,000 people at least for, really, uh, uh, for a durable and reliable poll. And it's hard to do because it's attrition. That's why it's so hard. It's hard to do. But it can be done. But you see, that's and, 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 but when it comes down to it, I don't know. It, this I, I can't call it right, now. I, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to call it. I'm just saying that we should be. We should be very concerned because we see the momentum. We see how many people are misguided out here, and they just don't really know what's going on. Everybody's going on their emotion, and they're not looking at the facts. It's like these, these people call in C-SPAN every day. Russia, Russia, Russia. There was nothing to that. Well, yes, it was. Trump never got in trouble for anything. Yes, he did. He's a, he's been a, he's a convicted rapist in civil court. Also in civil court, he's already been the judge already said he was fraud. He's a fraud. They're just trying to figure out how much money to charge him. You know, so I'm I'm a little bit confused about the media, the liberal media. I, I just don't. I mean, they're they're scared to say the truth. I'm getting ahead of you. It happens. It happens. Well, ladies, so you just you you're so just much. speaking truth. Right. No, Todd, thank you for being you because you're freaking awesome. Uh, I am surrounded. I am. I'm surrounded. I am surrounded by awesome people. Clarence just wrote in and said, "Age, seventy-three years old, and not a week goes by when I'm told I don't look, act, or sound my age. I still drive an eighteen-wheel tractor trailer, twenty-five hundred miles a week. I feel good." Damn, Clarence, I had no idea. Clarence Bennett. Wow. Man. You know, you guys are really a, 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 just a, a gold mine of wealth. And um, I, I just, I, I mean, I'm speechless. I, I really am. And um, I don't know, Tracy, once again, it was so it was so nice to hear your voice. Um. We hadn't talked in a few years. I think my better half was on the other side of the phone last time we talked. Mm. Well, has it been that long? Uh-huh. Well, 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 yeah, no, we, it's, and that's, 
it's ridiculous that we haven't spoken in a minute, but I'm glad, you know, I am so glad that I got the chance, you know, I'm feeling all Carol Burnett be like, I'm so glad we had the chance together. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Arnold said, what a great call uh, y'all have had. Oh. And it has been. It's been a wonderful conversation. I got girl got to get out of here, though. So, yeah, I know. But, Robin, I think you I don't know why you didn't get the text, I have but it, I emailed I have, it to I have you. It, I have it in email and uh, Ralph sent it along, too. So, okay, that. That has to, girl, you are going to cry. And, and yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just so excited. Listen to you guys. Well, I'm going to let you guys go because I know you got to go, Robin, and I love you both. Take care and be well and keep up the good fight. Will do. You too, Tracy. And Todd, have a great evening, my friend. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Tracy. And so that's the program. We got down to 11.50 to go, so that means in terms of trying to keep this little uh, independent broadcasting operation afloat, uh, let's see, tomorrow will be 14.50, which curiously was the frequency of one of the AM radio stations I once worked at. But 14.50, if anybody on the overnight crew would like to help out. And thank you very kindly to Chris in Germany. Um, our uh, our annual Christmas package of uh, Weihnacht delights arrived, and I'm probably going to trash my A1C for a little bit with uh, Stalin and some assorted other goodies, macaroons. I haven't opened the box yet. I'm trying to trying to ex- exercise a little bit of discretion. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors and challenge makers. Thank you so much, Ralphs and Steve. Thank you, and thank you to everyone who responded. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Like every episode and tell your friends and neighbors, leave a comment, maybe telling people who might not know what a what a decidedly different approach to conversation and broadcasting this is. And thanks for those to those of you who do exactly that. Thank you. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, White Rose Society.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster like I did. No ill effects whatsoever. Sore arm didn't even last 24 hours. Firm believer in. 800 milligrams of ibuprofen two hours before the shot. Hydrate with Gatorade and no probs. Who knew? Get your RSV if you can. Get your flu shot. Wear your mask if you're around 
large groups of people, especially if, if such large groups has, uh, you know, maggots in it. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance during these holiday, this holiday season as best you can. And, uh, well, if Nitwit Nero comes toward you down the sidewalk talking about, they're poisoning your baby, can't we? Avoid that overgrown Oompa Loompa like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.